Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Maddie D and I went into a deep dive of MLB Week 12. We go through the hot and cold teams, the top players of the week. A lot of trade talk. We are about halfway through the season. Trade season's right around the corner. We go through who's probably buying, who's probably selling, when they might pull the trigger, why they might be waiting. It's a lot of fun to talk about. We obviously go into some Phillies talk, stadium snacks, bleacher creatures, a couple other of our fan favorite segments, a couple that are new and debuted tonight. So stick around and see what those are. We also talk a little bit about NBA free agency, the draft, and how we might be able to fix it. It was a lot of fun to record. It is a long episode. So let us know what you think in the comments. Obviously, we went into a lot of stuff. So we'd love to hear your opinions, but follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook, ThunderblogSports.com, obviously, is where you can find all of our blogs and leave comments, thoughts, concerns, all that good stuff. But enjoy this week's episode. Again, it was a lot of fun to record. We hope you guys have fun listening to it and enjoy. Welcome to this week's episode of The Bullpen Cart, presented by ThunderblogSports.com. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man, and with me, hosting me tonight in his wonderful new home, Maddie What's up, buddy? I appreciate the sentiment. Loving the new place, coming out all the way to visit us. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I know you were playing a little golf in the in, in this in these parts, the beautiful golf mills, but, but yeah. beyond that, I, you still have to drive over here and, and be willing to stay a little bit later than normal oh, out, yeah. out, out in the suburbs. Yeah. What you know is really the the nightmare of every city city dwellers. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I mean, I get to no, visit for, you. I get to visit for, your girlfriend Melanie. For us, but for us, the suburbs means golf. Oh yeah. So it's a positive for us. Yeah, I played Jordy versus the weather again. This time it was Jordy versus the rain. Okay. Uh, the I think 65 percent of people that voted for I got all 18 holes in. You were right. It did not rain at all. There it you go. Spat a little bit. Saw some raindrops in uh, the ponds, but never really felt it. Never lost grip of the club or anything like that. So, you know, positives there. All positives, Matt. But we're not here to talk about my random fucking arounds with golf. We're here to talk baseball. Mm -hmm. Another week of baseball in the books. We uh, watched a little bit of the Phillies game when we were preparing for this. Ate a little dinner. Uh, You know, it's been been an interesting week, to say the least, uh, both for our Phils and for the team they're playing, the New York Yankees, and a number of teams. I mean, what have your thoughts been? Well couple things. We got to watch a really nice Reese Hoskins sitting on a curveball and, and able to just get enough because you thought it was going to be a curve. We were watching it at, at the Flying Pig up in, in Malvern. Shout out to Flying Pig. Flying Pig. You thought it was going to be, a, and, I, and I was with you, you thought it was going to be a curveball. You thought he was going to pop it up. It looked like and, he popped it up. He didn't, up the way he yeah. swung it, and yet it went all the way out. And that's no. that's true natural power right there is what I'm thinking. Yeah, oppo power. Big, big for the Phillies to A, finally get a lead, and B, as you, as you expertly tweeted, they have more base runners already than they had last night. That was even that was before position. the home run in scoring yeah. position. And, and the I think run. total. Right. Yeah. So, um, I... Yeah. 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 But, I mean, look, I know we're going to get to all of baseball, but I want to pose a question right away in the pod tonight. Okay. And, and that's Embrace the, debate. And that's this. Now, I was listening to the radio on the way back. Long-time Philadelphia radio host, Miss Nelly. Like okay. I said, he was talking to Jason Stark. Okay. Stark said... How many guys on this team are true difference makers? And he, and he compared us to the Yankees with John Carlo and with, with Aaron Judge 
and with uh, Severino so, and Chapman. So they got four guys who are like true, true different ma- difference makers. And they even have a few other guys who you could argue. But those are the big four to me okay. on that squad. So who on the Phillies do you think right now and in the next five years is going to be a true difference maker? To me, that means a star. Not a good player, but a star on the Phillies. Do you have anybody? Do you like is, Are there two Nola. or three names? Okay. I think Hoskins. Okay. I'm soft and it's got a noble Herrera. Okay. That might be it right now. Yeah. Jury's out for me on Scott Kingery. Okay. I don't think Franco. Okay. Santana's not going to stay around long Yeah, he's enough. still right. Gotcha. Um, maybe Jorge Alfaro. He might... I see him more... A lot of people like to throw out uh, Pudge Rodriguez, which would be great, but he was never really like... He was, but he wasn't... Like, he is defensively a difference maker. Exactly. Um, and he really... He already yeah. is now. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the outfield... No, nothing too much. Nick Williams, I love, but I don't think he's a difference maker. Right. He's just a, it's a role guy. Yeah, because to my opinion, the only difference maker we currently have on the roster, future difference maker, is Hoskins. Now, I'm not saying Nola can't be or isn't, but I still – look, I want Nola to be great because I love him. I think it looks like a young Cole Hamels to me. But – Alrighty. I, and, I'm, and I am a huge Herrera fan, but is he consistent enough to be a true superstar? True. That's so a very interesting comment because Jason very Stark. Jason Stark thought nobody. Missinelli was high on Hoskins. Okay. So I'm with him there. Neither of them brought Nola up. That's interesting. Yeah. Now I think the problem with that is because, and this is the problem with guys who are pigeonholed about where they are, where they where they should where they should be. It's like an NFL first round draft pick yeah. or an NBA first round draft pick. If you're not a first round draft pick. No one believes in you until you've done it for like five, ten years. Exactly. That's the only problem with Noel. He's been okay, but this is the first year he's truly dominated at, That's at, a, good point. at a consistent mark. Yeah. But 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 my digression would be, and we talked about a little of this before. In the scheme of baseball, what are the Phillies going to do? Do they do they sit pat or do they actually pull the trigger on something and go big? You know my thoughts. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Do I table it and come back when we officially we get to Phillies thoughts? We are going to table it and come back, but All I just right. wanted to bring it up because so I heard it today on the way back. Of the Phillies talk, let's go right into general baseball, and we're going to go with hot and cold teams. And I'll start. We'll start in the American League. Uh, an interesting week for the American League teams over uh, over there, and really, there's a there's a couple teams you got to pick out, and one I'm going to save because. Oh, I'll pick them because the Yankees have been doing well against the Phillies. I'm going to pick the Tampa Bay Rays, who are coming off of a sweep of the Yankees and then have won already two of three games against the Washington Nationals. Shut them out twice. Uh, so, I mean, really just an aesthetic pick there. I mean, they're still 14 games out of the division and really, for all intents and purposes, out. Well, you say that, but if you look at the wild card standings, they are... In between them and the Mariners. So the Red Sox are number one, and they're probably going to be a wild card team. And the Mariners yep. have been playing very great, although... Yeah, but they're nine and a half games behind the Mariners. But, and there's two teams in between them. Yeah. A couple things. Can the Mariners remain hot? And are the Athletics and Angels that good where they're going to remain in between the Mar- between the Mariners and the Rays? Yeah. I You know, we can debate that. Yeah. I think the Angels are good enough that they'll stay ahead of the... They're going to... St- Stay ahead of the pace of the of the Rays. Yeah, I think this is a good spot for a young team, a team that's we talked about teams in basketball because you and I had a good talk with the NBA draft a couple of days ago and again tonight that don't really do anything and, and don't really move anywhere. I think the Rays are a team like that. They're kind of like the Pirates, how that, that that stereotype they had really before they started making playoff runs. They have all these guys they bring up and then they just trade away. 
There's a list of pitchers that you can you know, just think about that have been sent away from Tampa Bay and have had good careers other places. David Price, Scott Kazmir, uh, Chris Archer is eventually going to be that person. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, I know Chris Archer's gone, isn't he? Alex yeah. Cobb is going to be one of those people. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with them. I mean, they also send guys like Cologne, Denard Span. Denard Span Grant's old, but Cologne's doing well for the Mariners. You have a number of outfielders you sent away. Steven Souza, who's done decent for the for the Diamondbacks. So they kind of just do the – don't really go a ton of places. I think especially in, a, in now that the Red Sox and Yankees are starting to come back into the main fold of the American League East, I think you're going to see an interesting inflection point for teams – the other three teams and see where they go. Obviously, Baltimore has its issues mm. and where they're going to go and who they're going to sell uh, and what they can get for them. But a team like the Rays, uh, the Blue Jays are an interesting spot, but a team like the Rays, you kind of got to think, what can they get and how can they develop this? Because we've seen this a number of times. They trade away somebody and it becomes a dicey situation. Yeah. I mean, I think, and that's the hard part too here is that if there was only one team in that division that – like. That they've got two super teams ahead of them oh, in yeah. this case. Oh yeah. So, you know, even if they can continue to play hot, they're probably they're probably not catching those two teams, and yeah. because of that, they're going to have to play them so much that I don't know how how even the wild card chase. But it's a good shout out because they're a team that it's worth mentioning because right, I was, was going to pick three four years ago. They were really really good. Uh, well, that was. So they lost to the Phillies 10 years ago, right. and then they hung around for a couple yeah, and of years. They had, they had, and there was high expectations for a few years. Yeah, there since were. Since then, they very much so dropped. Yeah. And a lot of those stars are gone. Like, it's kind of like, like the Longoria, opening, the right? Moneyball, the movie. Yeah, yeah. The book isn't as directly focused on the A's. They mention it a lot, but the movie is all about the A's and how they'd come off playoff runs and how they redid or how they did Moneyball to remake the playoffs. Right. It's kind of like that. They always – like. And they might, in a 21-year history, you know, let's, you know, fast forward their their timeline like the A's have, mm-hmm. and see that they might do that as a small market team. That's sort of the interesting thing about baseball is what they can do. I mean, but to their credit, you know, they've they have a plus one run differential. They don't score a lot of runs, but they don't let up a ton of them either. They've only let up eight more runs than the super rotation of the Boston Red Sox and. The Red Sox have only let let up more than three than the Yankees, and a lot of that comes from Severino, and mm-hmm. the Red Sox are a little more balanced. Um, so, I mean, good good on them. We'll see how they do. I think they're going to be sellers, and I think we might start seeing them because we've seen an extended trade deadline, and we've already started seeing it a little bit. Uh, but I think we might start seeing them you know, shave off some of their, their pieces to try to gain back some guys. Right, yeah. Um, and, and, I mean, I'll give you my, my hot team in the AL. Yeah. And and I want to I focus on them a couple times, but I'm going to go back to them. It's it's the Cleveland Indians. Oh yeah, because I think there's there's three there's these three superpowers, right? Rock, Red Sox, Yankees, and Astros. No one's talking about the Indians and no how good is. and how good they're. So they're seven and three. The only positive run differential, by the way, in that division. Yeah, which is wild. Which is and it, it's a run differential that is increasing consistently. And so I'm I'm excited to see this team because I would like to. See, I mean, it's always I'm an upset guy. I like upsets. So, what can they do? Michael Brantley, by the way, out all last year, pretty much with injuries, three fourteen batting average, leading the league, leading the team. So, Lindor is okay as he's still looking. Shouts really good. to my guy Jose Ramirez, who's twenty three home runs, tearing the fucking mm-hmm. cover off the mm-hmm. ball. So I'm impressed with them, and I would like to see them continue to kind of have the same success as they've been having because I think they're a really good team. 
Uh, and Corey Kluber quietly has been having a good. Trevor Bowers having a really good year early on. So very impressed. So of Cody Allen. So I I want to give him a shout out for their oh, you abilities. Got to yeah. give him a shout. Out. And now the the positive for them is they might be running away with this division. Now the only concern I have for them running away with the division is that if they're if they're going to blow the division out. Is, are they, is anybody are they going to trade for anybody to improve? Like the promise, the arms race is on for the top two, well, Yankees so, and Red Sox, and for the Astros and Mariners and even the Angels and Athletics. Yeah. Like if no one's going to compete with the Indians, are they going to feel the same pressure to, to add arms for this year's run? I think they should, but are they going to feel that pressure? Well, so I'll argue. We saw this two years ago where it looked very clear, probably around now, probably around the All Star break two years ago, that it was going to be the the Cubs and the the Indians both went out. Got big-name bullpen guys, like, as you have an ad pop up. Sorry. No, it's all good. But we saw them both pick off from the Yankees. The Cubs got Chapman. The uh, Indians got Miller. And I think the Indians got one other guy. But they both loaded up. They both were starting to prepare for the postseason. And further, I mean, one thing that we've seen in the the two wild-card team era is that post-July 31st, but August 31st deadline, the waiver deadline, of teams picking up players there. We saw Justin Verlander, a, a component of that last year. So I think if we're approaching Labor Day weekend and we see the Indians are trading blows with the Red Sox or whomever, that they might realize, you know what, we need to figure out, this is what we need to figure out on who's selling, which I think one thing that we're seeing more so than on a lot of other teams, or in a lot of other years rather, is that there are a lot of other teams, especially in the American League, that are already so far out of it that are going to either want a salary dump or figure, hey, you know what? We can we can send these to these teams that are running away with it, get some prospects in return, or get some some I guess draft picks aren't really as big of a commodity as they are in other sports. No, but right. get some some type of future asset for a guy now. Yeah, you know, there's a number of teams. The Royals are probably the biggest part of it because they did this with Kelvin Herrera to the to the Nationals last week, but. The Baltimore Orioles are going to be a team like that. The Blue Jays could be a team like that if they keep slipping. And, right. Because, I mean, really I think they're on a big down sled, and I don't think either of us were going to pick them as the cold team of the week, so I might as well mention them now. Oh, but, yeah. but, yeah, I think the Indians, I think they'll figure it out. I don't yeah. think they're going to stand pat just because okay. we're good in the division. Yeah, so I mean, I gonna, hope they don't. Yeah, yeah. like so I we're, said. Yeah, we're yeah. going to avoid having to play a wild card team either – the loser of Yankees, Red Sox, and the Seattle Mariners, or the Los Angeles Angels, or whoever it is. Um, I mean, cool. It'd be cool if the Athletics hung around, but that's another team that I'm kind of hmm, on. But shouts to them; they're eight and two in the last. Exactly. Game. Yeah. Uh, my cold team of the week, though, I'm gonna quickly jump to that. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go with. It's easy to pick the Tigers because they lost seven in a row. Uh, I am gonna go with the Angels for the fourth week in a row. We're picking the Angels. One of us is. Um, they continue to go down this downslide, this downslide, and really, I mean, their home record's getting better, but their road record's getting worse. They used to be really good on the road and meh at home. Their run differential's still positive, though, so that shows me they're a little bit unlucky. Uh, there are three game, or two games about 500 right now. I don't have the exact expected wins and losses, but I would think it might be higher, 18 games above uh, you know the, the even run differential. But yeah, you lose seven of your last ten. You're playing teams that are, you know, pretty damn good. And just looking at who the Angels have had to face in the last week, they played the Blue Jays. They lost two out of three. They had a, or they split it rather. They lost the Royals in a makeup game, and now they're playing the Red Sox. And you know, I mean, 
you lose 9-1 last night. Currently, they're losing 6-0. It's the fourth inning. It's about 8.30 Eastern time, uh, just to give everybody a little bit of bearings. Um, and, you know, it's... You want them to do well. It's kind of like with the Phillies, and we'll get to them with the Yankees, but you don't expect them to win. I would not. I would have thought the Red Sox would win the series, but you'd think, you'd hope it's competitive, especially with how good of a team they've been and how good they can be. I know they have injury issues and all this different stuff, but... You'd like for it to be a more competitive game. No, I mean, I and I would agree with that. You actually took my cold team there from the AL, which is fine. I thought you picked the... Did yeah. I go twice? No, the Indians were my hot team. Oh, you're your hot AL. team. Fuck. That's all right. Oh, That's yeah. okay, but, all right. but you yeah. make good points. But you make yeah. good points. No, no, no. So my yeah, point yeah, so with the Indians... Yeah. My point with the Indians where they are a hot team, but I don't want them to stand pat. No. So your point is good because you're saying, hey, look, don't stand pat, and you're giving me reasons why. So I appreciate yeah. that. No, no, no. So we're okay. So the Angels were going to be my hot team, but here, and also, by the way, Zach Cozart is, is having surgery for his torn labrum, so they've just lost a big part of something they thought was going to be pretty decent oh, yeah. with him. Um, and and it's, it's hard, actually. Well, he'd be a good shortstop, I know. too. If you look across the AL, in most of the divisions, it's difficult to pick your hot your cold team, no. unless we go to the Central. Central is the one division. Yeah, where you have yeah. the bottom three. So just. I'm going to take, just because we can talk about each one of them, I'm going to take the entire AL Central minus the Indians as my cold team. I know the Twins are 5-5, five and five, but that division, we thought the Twins were going to be good yeah. after last year's they're run. Ten, they're seven right. games under 500. And we, had both, in our, we both thought, hey, maybe, one of, maybe the Tigers, White Sox, or Royals, one of the three would surprise. Yep. But none of them has surprised. Nope. They're all awful teams. You want to play each one of them right now. And I know a lot of them are in rebuilding. And so my hope is that somebody sells. To me, the team that makes sense to sell a little bit, it, well, the most, not even a little bit, would, would be the Royals and move and move Moustakas. I, 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 I think they're going to. Yeah. I think he's he's on the move. I think you might see it a couple other players go, on, go as well, but Moustakas, like, they got to figure something out. Right. They have to restock the pond somehow, and it's tough for them it's why the team fell apart as big as big as it did. It's tough for them to pay the big dollars. Exactly, and, right. And they can't build yeah. a sustainable team. Their run differential is negative 152. Yeah. Which isn't even close. It's number one in the league. Yeah. Like the Mariners are the Marlins are the Marlins. Marlins, not the Mariners, yeah. are trying to lose baseball games and they're at 101. Yep. So the Royals are the division itself is the my cold team of the league, but the Royals in particular are my coldest team. Yeah, they're they, they're pretty Oh. Yeah, they've got a, they've got very little going on there. Yeah. So you got to be concerned too because, like you said, they tr- like like I hope I'm hoping they didn't do what the Phillies did and hung on for too long. But it looks like at this point, and, and what's it, funny is that they lost like about a lot of their big pieces too. Like they kind of still held on. Yeah. Even though they lost people. Yeah. My concern is we we had talked about hoping Danny Duffy would really show up. Four point nine four ERA. Yeah. Not what you were expecting. Four and seven. Um, now, five quality starts, but still, I, that's not what we were looking for. So they really have not had anybody pitching-wise stand out. No. Um, no. Yeah. So it's been very difficult. They they very much have struggled. They are a team you want to play in. If you're a team trying to catch the Astros or the Yankees or the Red Sox, you want to play the Royals. Yep. Um, interesting, too. Like A guy like John Jay, who we've known around the league for a while, like he's yeah. the kind of guy that you could probably get a veteran for a little who might be able to come in on your outfield and, and, and produce. He's batting 307 on base of 363. He's, I know he's not a power guy, but he's the kind of guy that if you're looking for a bat and an outfielder to take time, I, I, I think would, about a lot of teams that we've seen use, to your point, that use veteran guys off the bench in the playoffs and how 
big of impacts they've made. Yeah. While as isolated as they are, it's huge. And it's such a big impact, too, for a young team. Because there's so many good teams that are young. To have a guy like that that's had the experiences that he's had. Just to be around and kind of know how to act. Right. And, and be that way. Yeah. I know it's like sort of bucking the analytics trend and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, it's it's worth noting. Yeah. And it's worth, you know, it's so, worth exploring. Yep. So something just to think about. Yeah. Um, well, let's move over to the National League. Yeah. Now, I'll let you start since I hijacked your cold team of the week. Who do you got for hot team of the week in the NL? By the way, I want to really quickly say something. I brought up John Jay. Yeah. Thought he was still in the Royals. He just was moved to the Diamondbacks. Oh. So the Diamondbacks did something. Boom. That we would expect them to do. Yeah. They picked up a guy who might be really good. So I do apologize for some misinformation no, there. That's all good. Um, just got moved over. So anyway. No, it's all uh, good. I'm sorry. You mentioned was my, we want my hot or cold team. Hot team in the NL. Hot team in the NL. I mean, there's there's a few to choose from here for me. But I'm going to give a shout-out to a team that we really haven't been positive on all year. That's the, that's the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. 9-1 in their last 10. Them, man. By the way, as bad as they've quote-unquote been, they're only negative 41 in run they differential. They score runs left exactly. and right. That is, let's see, there's so the, the Padres, the Rockies, the Marlins, the Mets, the Rangers, the Royals, the Red Sox, the Tigers, they and took, the Orioles. That's nine teams that have a worse run differential than the quote-unquote period, worst team in baseball, period. Yeah. That's what people were calling the Reds. Now, you know my big hashtag. Hashtag free vote. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nine to one. Pretty good, by the way. Got tossed in the first inning. But anyway, um, Matt Harvey. Six hit ball. Seven. Uh-oh. What's going on here? I'm impressed. I'm impressed with the Reds. It's, I'm, I'm I mean, happy it's, with the Reds. They, they swept the Cubs in a four-game yes. series. Yes. Then they take two or three in Atlanta. Yep. Like holy shit! And I'm not these by the way, guys. I'm I not, mean, my expectation isn't that they're going anywhere. Oh no, they're not making a run. But, but you I know mean, what? Go for it. Pad the stats right now, yep. and then after the All Star break, when you come out, probably let's say five and fifteen in those twenty. It's probably not even twenty games before July twenty yeah. first. But then you can dump Votto. You can dump Scooter Jeanette. Just get massive returns for these guys. Jeanette three thirty three thirty three thirty six. 13 homers, 53 ribbies. Mm-hmm. Same with the Genio Suarez. Yes. 58, 58 RBI, mm-hmm. 16 homers. I want to I want to mention my boy, and I don't know why I'm so high Jose? on Jose? Joey? Joey Votto has a point four as a four four thirty four on base percentage. Yeah. So great, great batters, bat three hundred on base on base four hundred. So he's to me in that position where he's only batting three oh one. Yep. But his ability to get on base with walks and then via other means. Slugging percentage is a little lower than you want. No, and I agree with that. But he's getting older. But look, if you if you think you could use a quality guy, whether you think he's a DH or a first base, his war is still over two, which is nice. I. I know he's Sorry, 34. I'm listing stats. I know, I know he's 34, but I just find him to be free. No, he's, an, he's an impact guy. He's yeah. a, like, and he's more so than like a John Jay who's coming off your bench. Like, if you need a first baseman or like send him to the American League, make him a DH, like he's going to make an impact for you. Right. I, yeah, I couldn't be more. I, if you can find a way. Now, once again, you also might be able to get him because of how big his contract is, yeah. like we had spoken about, you might be able to get him for a little bit less yeah. because you have to take on his whole, his whole salary. Yeah. So if, if I'm a team that wants to contend and I need a first baseman, I'm calling the Reds and saying, look, here's the deal. I'll take, I'll take his whole salary. Yeah. And I'm going to give you like two prospects. Yeah. And they're not going to be elite. 
Why not? If you're the Reds, you, you dump the salary, you get a couple guys. Some, if I was the Reds, I'd counter with young, yeah, some single A guys, right, some that, guys yeah. that it's like too late or too mm-hmm. early to figure out like if there really are like the pro, the potential is low or medium high elite. I'm using the NHL be a GM terms, yeah. but basically in that in that sense, we're like. You have plenty of time for a guy like the Phillies threw in Travis Darno when they traded for Roy Halladay, and they threw in Kyle Drabeck, their star pitching prospect. Wait, wait, didn't do anything. Drabeck sucked. Right. And Travis Darno's the starter right. for the so Mets. So, like, like give him a guy like get him. Okay, I pulled up the Phillies prospects, yeah. right? So you're probably you're not touching you're not touching six o Sanchez for for Votto yeah. doesn't really make any sense. No. Only because you, and once again, forgetting let's pretend, let's pretend Carlos and doesn't play in this team, right? No. So you're, and you're not throwing in Kingery. So maybe maybe you toss in a guy. Mick, Mickey Moniak was a number one overall pick. So we're probably not going to. He's a little hotter. Well, you could because that's the thing. It's like it's almost like the all the talk with Fultz for whomever, whether it's Kawhi or wherever you're trying to trade for. You could sell it. You can spin it and boost and sort of pump up his, his right. value. Yeah, but there's guys like Adam Adam uh, 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 Hazley yeah. who's in high, high A. Adonis um, is one for the Phillies. Right, or- Ortiz. Uh, oh yeah, I don't um, know how to pronounce his first name. Hallian? His middle name is David, though, and he's no okay. relation to Big Poppy. Low A, he's a low A guy right now. Oh. So there's another guy. Just, just toss him in there. Hey, look, oh, yeah. this guy, he's right, pretty high. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the I know what you're saying. And there's a By team. The there's teams out there that yeah. use a first baseman. Unfortunately, he can't play third base, and unfortunately, yeah. Santana can't play third base. No, damn shame. It is a damn, damn shame because we could. I would take free Votto on the Phillies. Hey, he's barely. He doesn't even switch. You could bring a red jersey to the game. It's still, it's still red and white. So yeah. You're fine, right? For some reason, he's now not they don't have those he's stupid right vest now. jerseys. Remember, they used to have the vests. Yeah, that's so dumb. Yeah, that was pretty dumb. We had those in high school. For, we, had, we had those for our away jerseys in high school. We had to wear like Under Armour shirts underneath it, like basically the same material. The golf shirt I'm wearing now, Bad Radio, but like with like a fucking. It looked like a like a polyester basketball jersey. It was yeah. terrible. They had buttons in the front. It was right. terrible. No, no, not good. Um, not good. But yeah, let's move over. No, right. Uh, hot my team. hot team of the week. Is in the in the National League. I'm gonna go with the St. Louis Cardinals, who didn't look very good against the Phillies. They'd come in a little cold, and they've bounced back. Now they're only three and a half games out of the Central. The Cubs are really cold. We can Chris Bryant of the DL, by the way. Yep, we can. Uh, we'll table that. But um, yeah, the Brewers also not not so hot right now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the Cardinals, all thing to them. They're taking advantage of it when they need to, and. It's something that the Phillies and the Nationals could be doing with the with the Braves not doing so well. But yeah, just to kind of give you guys an idea, they're six and four in their last ten games. They've been doing really well on home, at home, and, and now finally above five hundred on the road, riding a four game win streak. Have won two very convincingly against the Cleveland Indians. They split it with the Brewers on the road, and I mean they lost two or three to the Phillies last week. We talked about it a little bit with Greg, but. Right. You know, I mean, these guys are scoring more and more runs. Really, since getting blown out eleven to three against Milwaukee, they lost two one, then they win three two, grind it out eight two versus Milwaukee, four zero against the Indians. They shelled Corey Kluber last night. They won eleven two. Corey Kluber's shortest ever start. He only got five outs. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And they won. They won eleven to two. And I'm going to spoil a hot player, Matt Carpenter. Even against the Phillies, they lost two out of three. Matt Carpenter tearing the cover off the ball, I, yeah. and good for him. Guys, I always, like, I always like yeah. too. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a scary team. Here's another thing too. Michael Waka was a free agent for quite a while this offseason. Yeah, he was. Three twenty year, right? 
He's uh, he's eight. Do you have the numbers from what, what they ended up selling with them? I don't. So I can look it up. Give me yeah. a sec. Yeah, but but my keep, yeah. yeah, you keep listening off stats. I'll look but, it up. but no, but I mean, yeah, okay. My my point being, like, there's a guy that hey, wait, he's only 26. Yeah, and he didn't get a. I mean, a young pitcher, and he had like a mid okay season, but like all of a sudden, wow. Now, by the way, he's out until the All Star break. I want to point that out. Sure. A little DL trip. That being said, he's been good since he's been here. Yep. So. I you know blown away that it took them that long to be to be signed first of all and second of all like there's another guy like they waited they waited they waited they got the guy they wanted um, Carlos Martinez their their quote unquote ace um, with three point two two ERA I mean I mean I, reason I throw these names out here is because they had a bunch of guys who thought was who thought were going to be really good um, but he's but but they've 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 kind of figured it back out after a middling start and this division at the moment unless like there's been rumors by the way that Milwaukee should go after Degrom. Because they need somebody. If you're Milwaukee, you're looking I'd at the, actually like that a lot. You're looking at St. Louis and you're looking at the Cubs and going, "Oh my God, these are two story story franchises that have great players and have a pedigree yeah. right now. We need to make a move to compete." And a guy like Degrom would do that. But my point being is, they're looking at the Cardinals and going, "Holy sh- shit!" Which, yeah, these guys are the Cardinals are, right are on the up and up. The Cubs are doing the same thing they did last year, where mm-hmm. they're kind of mm-hmm. hanging around there, right, and then. They're going to turn it on after the All-Star break, especially when Brian comes back. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to them in a second, I'm sure. Michael Waka, though, just to finish up on it, signed for a one-year deal for $5.3 million. So still got paid. I mean, it's five, $5.3 million more than he would know if he didn't take, sign. I would take yeah. that deal any day. Exactly. But he gets more arbitration. He's still arbitration eligible. And he can't really? become a full free agent until 2020. Which is absurd. That's kind of wrong to me only because... Well, you need to have six full years of service in Major League Baseball yeah. to become a full, uh, what's it called, full free agent. Right, true. That's why they have arbitration and all that stuff. I mean, he was drafted in 2012. Yeah. By the way. 19th overall pick. Michael, uh, you know that uh, Wayne, Adam Rainwright still pitches for them, right? And then yeah. I know, I'm oh, with yeah. you, though. I, that's a great pick for the hot team, too, just because they're battling hard in that division. That's a, it's a yeah. good battle. It's something that we're going to definitely continue to talk about as the season Rages on, and that's going to be the thing to watch. I mean, the East is great, and I think every division's up for grabs right yeah. now. Right? There's no, there's no clear cut super team in the East. That's a which is kind of nuts that the West, with all the injury problems both the Dodgers and the Giants had, they're yeah. both still hanging around. Well, I would, I would want to point out, and I, and, I, and we'll get to. I want to jump into cold teams before we forget. Before forget about our th- well, who's your? Uh, do we go? Th- uh, do we we haven't done it yet, but, but I want yeah, to yeah. point out something too. Like, there's no super team in the, in the East. In the National League? No. But there's one that could be brewing if reports are true. If the Dodgers apparently are the front runners and in on Machado. Yeah. They have scouts have left major league scouting assignments to go look at minor league prospects for the Dodgers, yep. what came out recently. If that's true and, and Machado goes to the Dodgers, they automatically become the favorite. Oh, easy. Uh, it's it's like it's like um, it's like the Houston Rockets were the number one seed in the in the NBA Western Conference, but everyone knew that the Warriors were the team to beat. That's the way the Dodgers could play this, I and mean, that's how good Machado makes it. Even if even if the Diamondbacks win the division, the Dodgers will be in the playoffs with arguably. And and I know Seager's not playing right now, but I mean I mean so Machado comes in place short shortstop for the for, until Seager comes back, then you sign him and put him at third, and they're one of the few teams that could add that kind of payroll to their yeah. roster. They're also one of the few teams that has the ability to take on Machado for just one year for the opportunity to win. Because if you're in the East, you don't care about the super teams. You need the, in the, you need the, I mean, the, the well, sorry, if you're in the National League, sorry, we're, we're no, you're we're okay. doing a lot of multi-sport uh, but if comparisons. You're in the so it's forgiven. You're in the National League. You don't really care 
about the the uh, American League. No. Because all you need to do is get to the World Series. Think about it last year. And anything can happen. How good the Astros were and the Dodgers. Yeah. The Dodgers were still very good. Right. Don't get me wrong. But they forced to do a Game 7. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to do. Force a Game 7. Look, the Dodgers with Clayton Kershaw... You give no. me three games of Clayton Kershaw, you you you, you what you're going to get. You, sh- you might have three wins. Like, and I know that the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Astros and the Indians have players. Don't get me wrong, and pitchers. But once again, all it takes is one hot pitcher, no. and you can and you can win. Like, if Nick Foles can win a Super Bowl, anything can happen. I had to plug Philly right here up. before we had got to bring it up. But my had to bring it up. So if you're the Dodgers, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm the Phillies. Whatever they want to get Machado, if if I can. Once again, we're talking to like, give me the backhanded deal that he's going to resign here, but yeah. I'm taking. Yeah, it's not like the NBA where you can get a sign-in trade, which sucks. Right. Well, the positive, the positive is Machado is arguably, hitting-wise, top five. Yeah. You got Trout, that. Mookie Betts are probably one and two right now in terms of position players. Oh, yeah. Right. You could argue Machado's three. Like, but there's other guys there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I, I don't want to poo other guys out yeah. there. But uh, you could argue uh, you could argue that he's a top five position player in baseball. By the way, multi positional player because he can play third and short. And you can argue if you can play third and short, you might be able to figure out second too. Yeah. My point being, or even first base. Right. Frankly. Right. Exactly. My point being is you've got a guy that's an infielder who's an elite player. Yeah. They don't come around the market, and we've well, we've everyone talks about the free agency market in coming, this upcoming come, winter. Right. Yeah. So Bryce Harper, his market's currently down. Oh, yeah. Okay. By the way. <laughs> do I go into cold teams? Let's do cold teams. I want to yeah. get into the, uh, the, the, the free agent market. Yeah, let's do that. Up. At, let's do that in between cold teams and players. All right. All right. Got you. Got you. So, so we'll so, do – so cold teams, I'll let you start. Okay, because I want to stay in the same division as the as the Cardinals, and that's the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, okay. Three and seven yeah. in their last ten. We're, we're got a negative we're – now, we're now very much so negative 12 run differential. Um They've got some serious decisions to make as an yeah. organization coming up here, because they were they were kind of playing okay for a while. They're winning a bunch of games, and they've really really come off the wagon. Um, they're, they're you know they've got guys who they're probably not going to sell, but maybe haven't been performing to the expectations. Um, there's just there's just a team that like I said got hot for a while and then has really faltered since. Um, you know who do you even really like? You know on this squad. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like like potential, um, Nova's been okay. Um, Trevor Williams hasn't done much. Uh, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, there's just not a lot pitching wise for them. Uh, batting wise, you know Gregory Polanco still seems to be a a, a piece you want to at least. I don't know if you want to. I mean, he's batting two nineteen. So what is he? You know what is this roster at this point after the hot start? Uh, are they they should be a seller to me? Um, Sterling Marte's come back okay, 267, um, nine home runs, but that's not the numbers you're expecting from him and Polanco, who you thought would be elite an elite outfield group. Three, and Corey four, Dickerson. Three, four years ago, you're thinking, yeah, now Corey Dickerson is batting okay, but I don't know if he, you know his power numbers really aren't there. His average is okay. So once again, if you're the Pirates, now you've started to slump. You don't necessarily have a ton of talent on this roster. It's time to. It seems like it's time to do another typical small small market rebuild. Um, needs to happen here. Well, so quick note, uh, mm-hmm. just on players, Jameson Talion, a little bit down here. Yeah, a little down here. Yeah. Big note though, just on a general team level, and I was just counting this. They've only won. They've split one, but one of the games got got postponed. They've only won outright 
one series in the month of June. Since May 1st, they've won five series. So they won four in May. They won four in a row. And since then, since May 15th, they've only won one series outright. I mean, these guys, like, they're not getting in any serious losing streaks. The biggest that I can count out was a five-game losing streak coming into this week. Uh, so that's a great pick for cold team of the week. But, yeah, they, you know, you see guys that we saw play well. Joe Musgrove, Jamison Talion I mentioned. Um, I mean, even, like, Tyler Glass now, you know, I guess he's a – bullpen guy, but he was good before. Chad Cool actually is 5-5, five and five, but still a little old. Uh, Nova, <laughs> you mentioned. Um, you got... It's just... They're in a weird spot. I think it's it's weird because they're not a team that has an ass ton of salary because they're a small market team. So I don't know if you can entice as much. You might be able to for that exact reason to sell and try to see what you can get. Mm-hmm. Um but they're another team that's in a weird spot, and you're at the point where they're like the Pirates of old, but they don't have one bona fide guy that you know that they're eventually going to ship out, like Jason Day or Nate McLeod. Right, right. Pretty much name any outfielder for the Pirates before they finally kept Andrew McCutcheon, well, mm-hmm. up until last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good pick. Um, I'm going to move on to mine quickly so we can yeah. jump back to the free agency no, let's talk. Do it. I'm going to, I gave it away before, but it's the Chicago Cubs. They're in a little bit of a rut. Uh, and the real reason why I want to pick them is kind of on the same aspect of the Indians who are taking advantage of guys that aren't playing or teams that aren't playing well. The Cubs should be doing better. They yes. lost yes. four straight. We mentioned it to the to the Reds. They won two or three from the Dodgers. They're currently into game three with, uh, with L.A. now out in L.A. So they're going to play it tonight. Uh, but they, you know, they win two out of three from the Cardinals. I mean, really, it's the sweep of the Reds that just not so good uh, on that aspect, and it's tough. I mean, if you're a Cubs fan, you got to be scratching your head a little mm-hmm. bit. And it's not even like these; they lost these games in extra innings or anything. I mean, they went six two, six three, eleven two, and then eight six. So you're only putting up more than three runs once against a team that, like we mentioned before, is supposed to be really bad and. Just isn't isn't doing very well. Yeah, I mean Chris Bryant we mentioned on the DL. Um, Brandon Morrow is being activated from the DL, so we'll see if he can you know what he can do. Uh, but it's it's going to be interesting of, of how everything goes for them. I mean I think it's the same situation as last year where they can they're going to turn it on once everything starts to click. But we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. No, and then I think I think. Um you yeah, in the Dodgers? Yeah. They're still going to scare you in the National League. If you're any team that's currently leading your division, um, and even the Nationals a little bit, I know they're leading, but like even the Nationals to me, those were quote-unquote the three the perennial favorites, loaded rosters. I don't think either of the th- – I mean, you maybe you would consider them at the same playing field to start the season as the Yankees, the Red Sox, or the Astros, although I think they're a half-step behind for various reasons. Um in particular, the Astros, who I don't think are getting enough press uh, for how amazing they are still. Oh yeah, Be- but that's because of you know the Yankees, Red Sox, their their revered organizations no. in, in really big markets in the same division. You know, you want you want Yankees, Red Sox. Oh yeah, like if there's A one, million percent. they're the number one rivalry in baseball. They're probably within at least domestic U.S. sports a top three rivalry. 
Like when you think easily, of, right? They're they're right there with with the best rivalries in all sports, and they and they, they might even be. I mean, I mean, think about this: Is there a better rivalry in U.S. sports, including college? So, because well, because you got to put it up against Duke, North Carolina, probably Ohio State, Michigan. Although recently you can't use Ohio State, Michigan as an example because they haven't been as competitive. Yeah. So Duke, North Carolina, name a be- name name another rivalry in sports that does that for you in the last. I want to I want to make sure like. In the 2000s, we'll say. Sure, yeah. I mean, because that, that's the thing. And is to that, me, Duke, North Carolina is... is the only thing that rivals Right, it. because football... College football is weird because you can get into weird stints. Like, even Michigan, like Michigan, Michigan State, up until 10 years ago, it was Michigan State was little brother. Right. And then the tables flipped, yeah. and Michigan hasn't had their I'm number. Thinking, I'm thinking football. You could argue in, you could argue in the 2000s, because they, they, they pretty much played every year, that the Colts... And the Patriots. Yeah, but that was Brady Manning. Those were that players. Was, that's my problem. Then with it carried it. Right. over to the Broncos. So I'm trying to think of. A, I'm trying to think of what's the number one NFL rivalry. That's the problem. Like, and, and you can't use the Eagles. You want to? Hey, you can't say but, Eagles Cowboys. You right. can't say Eagles Giants because neither have been. There's been like a couple years when we were in high school in the late 2000s that the Eagles and the Giants were both good. They mm-hmm. played each other in the playoffs. I think two. Yeah. Two or three hmm. years. Yeah, but that's really about it. I and might, give, I might give you one that we don't think about, but I'm, but it should Bears, get more. Packers, maybe. Well, I was, was going to say, but not recently. I was going to say Ravens, Steelers. Yeah, of yeah. the two thousand. That's a really because good of the Ravens. One. That's not Yankees, Red Sox. But that's not Yankees, Red Sox because it doesn't close. have the historical background. So yeah. there's probably not an NFL hockey. There are great rivalries, but the sports not as big. And I'd also the, say though, Lakers, Celtics, Lakers, Celtics, traditionally. I would say not in a long Le- time, but Leafs, Habs, Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, but that's Canadian. We're that's Canadian. So it doesn't matter. It no doesn't offense count. to Canadians. So, sorry, sorry. No offense. Sorry, sorry. Uh, but anyway, they might be the best rivalry in domestic. Sports. I think I I absolutely think right. so. Yeah, the greatest as much rivalry, as I love Duke, North Carolina. Right. The, I think it's Yankees, yeah, Red Sox. The greatest rivalry of all time. It's not really a rivalry anymore. Is is U.S. Soviet Russia? Because oh. 1980, baby. No. Never forget. Anyway, no, I'm not, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> um, uh, what I will say, though, is that it's good for baseball there at the top, but it's just that the Yankees and Red Sox are back, but it's diminishing the star that is the Houston Astros. Oh, sure. that team is loaded. And we're going to get to a couple guys. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bring up a guy in that team. Well, I might. a little, little uh, you know, uh, astrology. I was trying to yeah. avoid. Like what I did there, star, yeah, Astro. Star, okay, Astros, okay. Astros, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I do want to talk Someone's about. smart. I know. I tell me not really, but. <laughs> Every once in a while, I get lucky. I do. I do want to discuss, and it's important to talk about the free agency information that's coming up. Well, I think kind of getting at it, and it's interesting because we're about to approach July first. The All Star Game's about to, ha- or it's three weeks away, but three, two weeks away, three weeks away, two weeks away. And regardless, it's coming up, so we're getting the rosters next week, and we probably are going to see maybe a couple more trades before the break. Mm-hmm. But if the last couple of years have taught us anything. That these trades, we're going to have a couple probably on July 30, 31st or 30th, one or the other, because July is 31 days. I don't want people to think I'm dumb. But uh, we're going to see a number coming right out of the All-Star break, right out of the shoot. The Phillies dealt the guys they dealt last year in like the teens. Right out of it, they dealt Pat Neshack. And right out of it, they sent Joaquin Benoit out. So, I mean, yeah. the teams that are going to sell... I think are going to figure out what they can get as soon as they possibly can and go for it. They're not going to try to mull around 
and create some bidding war. And the teams that want, that need to load up, especially on the back end for bullpen arms, but guys that want to add a lefty like the Phillies or really anyone else that's in that market for Cole Hamels, which a lot of teams are probably in that market. A guy that's won a World Series before, a guy that is having a good year. Or you know a guy like Joey Votto, if you need if you need a bat like that and you want to get him as acclimated as possible, you're probably going to see that happen. Now I mentioned the the waiver deadline, August first through August thirty first. I mean that's going to happen as well. If a team is trying to create some type of bidding war, they're going to figure out some type of landmark blockbuster deal like the Houston Astros did, and I think especially because of the fact that that's worked so well for Houston. Someone that is selling an asset like that is going to try to is going to try to sell it that way, and you know if you're a team that's contending, you probably are going to try to hit the home run. Yeah, no pun intended. Right, but to try to make it as good for you as possible. So there might be a little bit there, but I think the nice thing about seeing both ends of the spectrum pre July 31st and you know the August 31st is that we see more deals happening more often. Because teams are in the mix, more and more teams are there. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean, I, and I would agree with that. I, um, I'm surprised that more of these big name free agents coming up aren't like a Josh Donaldson. Yeah, isn't on the isn't being traded now. Yeah. Now, Donald, one of the reasons Donaldson hasn't necessarily been brought up a lot is because he hasn't necessarily had a hot start to his year. Yeah. Not that he's been goddamn awful, yeah. but he just hasn't been. Because of That's injuries. That's a really good point, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's costing him tens of millions of dollars because he's only played 36 games. Now, oh. with the 36 games he's played, 36 games, he's hit five home runs. Yeah. So it's not like he's been awful, but but the injury the injury bug, and that's the problem when you're looking at a guy who is 32. Yeah, you don't want to deal for that, and then you get fucked. Exactly. Now, yeah, that, so that's really the problem why I think um, – and here's the weird thing, though, about him. He didn't become a full-time player until he was 27. So the thought might be, hey, well, Ryan Howard action, it, right? Can he go? He might even age better than Howard. No. Can he go thirty-two now? If I sign him to a five-year deal, can he give me three excellent years because he hasn't played that much because he wasn't twenty-seven? Yeah. Um. I to me, he's like a he's like a, a, a like almost like a discount Machado. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Like you don't so, have to trade as much for him. Right. But the risk it's he's a below investment grade yeah. bond. I definitely think the Phillies are in on him. In free agency, not in the trade deadline. Although he is a, he's a third baseman. Yeah. So if you if the if the Blue Jays are willing to give him away for little just because they want to get anything back, you give him that single A guy we've been yeah. talking about and bring him here. Hey, look, can he do anything? Because um, if not, I mean, I don't know what his market's going to be. So my whole thing, if you're a team like the Phillies, granted, all you need to do is get into the playoffs, and anything can happen. We've seen it before with the wild card game. Have a good NOLA night, and you can get through it. But still, I think it's going to be tough to get through a team like the Cubs, especially once they're fully healthy. If you're a team, really not the Cubs, Dodgers, or Nationals, I the one thing I would be afraid of is going for it with so many guys, so many rent-to-players out there. Is it worth renting a guy in a year that you're now becoming on the fringe of those three franchises? So that might be the only thing that holds up the trade deadline and, and all the trades with that 
is are teams that that are shuffling their feet. And I think that's part of why you see more deals in August now than you have before because two teams get in, and because you want to you want to last as long as you can before you absolutely have to start adding on to load up for the the final the final push if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's the only thing. Like no, that's yeah, probably no. why he hasn't been dealt right. yet. Right. It's because a team like the Phillies who need a third baseman and there's plenty of others out there, but they're all not even on the fringe yet. They're in the second cut of the rough. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Before they you know before they can really see if we add this guy, what's especially a team like the Phillies that use so many analytics now. What's the cost benefit to us trading for him? Yeah. No. Right. Um, and so I'm not sure necessarily worth it. Like I'm saying, because we theoretically need a guy like him. But if you can, if you can wait until free agency and just give him Comcast Mountain money for <laughs> right. nothing, and right. you don't have to let out, you don't have to let go of the single A guys we mentioned. No, and I agree with that. I agree with that because yeah. the, you know, other guys to think about here. We talked about Donaldson for a second, but I don't want to get into Bryce Harper or even Manny Machado because they're talked about a ton. Oh yeah. But let's bring up a couple guys because well, we've also been linked to another guy. Well, I'm not sure if I love either, but we have a third base need, and that's um, a Beltre. Yeah, so there's a lot of talk. There's a really good article on CSN Philly, mm-hmm. or NBC Sports Philly, I still fuck that up, about the possibility of the Phillies reacquiring Jake Diekman, Cole Hamels, as well as Adrian Beltre. And there was talks about a number of different ways that this could go down, whether it's all three of them, two of them, one of them. And how they can package it. And hilariously, it's almost like you – because if you don't know this, the Phillies got Nick Williams. They got Vince Velasquez. They got Jared Eikhoff and a couple other guys. Jorge Alfaro was one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did I mention it? No, I didn't mention it before. Um, But the funny thing is is that like if you were to get – throw Jared Eikhoff in to get Jake Diekman back, you basically sent – just Cole Hamels down for like basically hitting the reset button and doing like edit stats and in in and I'll be the show <laughs> and you still get Jorge Alfaro with his flamethrower arm. You got these guys, but Adrian Beltre is one that I think if you can get him, I like him regardless of the other two because I think J- Jake Diekman adds a lot, which I'd I'd even be fine with getting Diekman and, and Beltre. But Beltre is a guy kind of in that John Jay category. That and he'd play every day versus John Jay, who might not for a team. Right, he'd play every day, and the guy is a consummate professional. Mm-hmm. The guy is like forty and still produces outrageous numbers, mm-hmm. and he just adds so much value, both on the field and off the field. That I think could do wonders, especially if the Phillies want to really move. And this could be something of them go, trying to get Machado in free agency. Yeah, if you're getting and. They said this on ESPN on Sunday night when the Phillies were on that oh if they're paying him this much money like they'll Machado will play anywhere but he's being a diva and needs to play shortstop. Have Beltre sort of take Kingery under his wing and during pre- batting practice have him take a couple grounders at third and be like hey here's what you need to do here's this that and the other thing or even like, the one thing I've always thought they should do is have Cesar Hernandez play short because he did that when he first came up and put right. Kingery in his natural habitat exactly which but, I understand what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Right. we can get to that in a minute. Yeah. But Beltre, I think, for any team, the Phillies are, are the one that obviously we care the most about. But for any team, he adds so much value. And the Rangers are a team we didn't even mention. They've won eight of their last 12 games. They have. Granted, they played bullshit teams. They played a lot of terrible teams. Yep. But they're the, cre- they're the cream of the bullshit. 
you know what? And I want to bring up another name here. And I'm going to just put him in now. My hot, my hot batter of the week is a guy we haven't even said his name in a long time. A long time in baseball. Yeah. 35-year-old Sin Su Chu. My man. Of the Texas Of Rangers. the Texas Rangers. Now, his season Remember is that back. trade? Yes. So he's batting. We were all like, oh, the Indians of the Rangers. Oh, no. Huge deal. He's batting 283. <laughs> yep. With 14 RBIs. And 37 Great runs. transition. Now, that's on the season, by the way. In the in last week. Last 346. 346. Right? With a home run and five RBIs. Wait a second. Slugging 538. You you can get him for nothing. He is pennies on the dollar. You can literally, you can almost say, hey, Rangers, give us a prospect and chew, and we'll take him. Yeah. There's a guy who you bring over as the Phillies, because... You, you, Williams and Altair have struggled. Now, look, if you are in, if you are in, if we are still in trajectory mode, right? If this is the ultimate goal, is the World Series, and we're here, th- this too. Don't go, don't get him. But if you think we can win, you go make a move. He's a, he's an August thirty first at eleven p.m. You're Matt Clintac, the Phillies GM, mm-hmm. and you're looking at it, and you're basically some computer algorithm says. We have like almost like like the you know the joke with um, Daryl Morey is that he'll look at spreadsheets and try to find the fifty of like however many like <laughs> right real, like psycho Daryl Morey is the joke like if you get psycho Matt Clintac like he might pull this trade yeah and he could figure out he's not Ron Hextall he's not going to trade a lawnmower and get you know a million people for it um, although he's not Ron Hextall's. Not looking that way right now. But maybe he will. Maybe the draft picks he had looked out. But we're not talking about hockey. But Sin Shu Chu, that could be a great pickup. It's a great pickup for anybody. Because, again, it's a guy that's been there. It's a guy who's still a speed, too, man. He still has a lot of speed left in the tank. Which, again, you have him mentor Nick Williams. I'm on the Nick Williams trade ver- train versus Aaron Altair. So Me, I'm, too. I'm agree with that. Uh, he's faster. He's a Which hurts me a little bit, power hitter. Because I, I wanted Altair to be good. I did, too. I had Aaron. Al- I still have Aaron Altair on one of my fantasy teams. And I can't drop him, which fucking sucks. Can't drop but, him. But, yeah, because I'm going to drop him. He's going to be great. But, anyway. Uh, no, since you Chu mentors these guys, especially once the rosters expand, which I think technically that's the one thing about the waiver deadline is they're on the 40-man roster, but they the playoff rosters are weird. There's yeah. something weird about getting him on waivers versus getting him before the trade deadline. Okay. Uh, I forget what it is. I need, need to double-check it. But that's a great pick for Hot Player of the Week. I like that a lot. I, I wanted to throw somebody there that we haven't ever haven't brought up at all, like period. No. Just because. And that's a great pick. I would just love, I would just do it. Yeah. Anyway. The guy I'm going to pick, I'm going to go with Javi Baez, the Chicago Cubs. I know they were my Colt team of the week. But Javi's good been pick, a shining pick. star. Ten rabies in the last week. Two homers. Five doubles. A triple. Uh, struck out seven times. But he's 11 for 24. It's a 458 batting average. Slugging percentage of 1,000. Go hobby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, just one thing that, you know, a bright spot, and if the Cubs can keep churning it out, I mean, they're scoring, or really, aside from the last week, they're scoring runs, their run differential is still positive, and it's gaining up there. It's by far the best, in the, or not by far, but it's the best in the National League. It's plus 85. Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to they're gonna start running away with this fucking thing. I agree. I know they are, and I wanted to just, partly why I picked Javi, but... I'm very positive on them. Shout out to the Cubs. Um, yeah, another guy I want to give a shout out to though is, is Ozzy Albies. Mm, very. the cover off the ball. 
Um, but had, had to give shouts there. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton's doing well, but I'm going to bring him up a little bit later. A little uh, Bleacher Creature preview for you. Let's move over to pitchers. Hot pitcher of the week. Uh, I'm going to start with – I'm going to have two. I'm going to do a starter and a bullpen guy. Okay. My starter of the week is Charlie Morton of the Houston Astros, one of the guys that doesn't get named a lot. No, he does not, but he's a – I'm actually – Excellent yeah. pitcher. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Had a really good start last night, but over the last week he's pitched two games, 13 innings pitched, 17 strikeouts. He's 2-0. and Only let up six hits and six walks. It's a whip of .92 and zero earned runs. That is something that I will take every single day. He was a Philly. He got sent over, I think, with Ken Giles, and I forgot who we got in return for One that. of the few prospects... He really didn't send him over as a prospect. But yeah, my point he is played like, for the Phillies for like a guy a that year and left and a half. the yeah. Phillies and had success in a trade. Yeah, one of the few guys. Yeah, it's like him, Deakman, and two degree Hunter, Hunter Pence, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, Hunter Pence. But but yeah, but, but I we, forgot but, that yeah. that one stung. Yeah. He's Neat Sheerholtz and he didn't resign. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that one stung. Um, but yeah, yep. well, how about you? You mentioned one that maybe you'll pick, but well, I want actually want to talk about a guy that maybe with a team we haven't really brought up today a lot. And that is King Felix. Oh, yeah. He's killing it. Only Here's a couple of things. ERA 3.27. That's not a, for a, for a set. We're looking at short term here, right? Last week. That's not a lead. I mean, Morton is zero, which yeah. is pretty incredible. 11 innings pitch, which, which isn't well, think out of the water that. either. But we just haven't That's talked what, about is him. Is it a lot. five earned runs? In 11 innings pitch, like that's not too bad. Four in this case, it's four, four. runs, right? Yeah, I was thinking it's four or five. I was trying to do the math in my head. But he's only—that's not bad though. His season stats are seven and six with a 5.1 ERA. This is King Felix we're talking yeah. about for a team that's keeping pace with the Astros after having the suspension of Robbie Cano. If he could figure it out, I know he's 32; he's all older than he used to be. Well, because that's how it works with age. Yeah. But anyway. There's a guy that theoretically, if he could figure out over the next couple weeks, could continue to help this team stay in the hunt. That's what I mean. I think water finds its level. I think mm-hmm. he's going to figure it out mm-hmm. and really make an impact. Yeah. I think those Seattle Mariners are for real. Mm-hmm. They bounce back so well after having I such hate a skid. To say that because I want Trout to be in the playoffs. I know, right? But you're right. They are for real. Yeah. They are. For well, they real. had such a skid too. They went up to Fenway and they got blown out. I think Friday night. Then they came back Saturday and a good, good win. Um, no, that's a great pick. Uh, shout out before I go to my bullpen guy. Uh, and a guy we didn't mention for potential trade bait, Kevin Gosman of the Baltimore Orioles. Not the best season stats. He's 3-6 and six with a 4.2 ERA and a 1.37 whip. But in the last week, he pitched 12 innings. He did not record a win or loss. Let up three earned runs. That's a 2.25 ERA. Uh, seven strikeouts. He's, he's not really a strikeout guy, but definitely a guy that can that can earn up, eat up some innings for you, help out the back end of your rotation. So if that's something you're looking for, and the Baltimore Orioles are basically a chop shop now, uh, like the Riggins chop shop in, in Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know, hopefully no jail time for anybody. Uh, poor Tim. Anyway, uh, but shout out to Kevin Gosman. I'm going to do a relief pitcher. Okay. Because it is the bullpen card, and Greg always shits on us that we don't pick bullpen <laughs> guys. I'm going to go with the closer of the Oakland Athletics, who we mentioned briefly, but they're 8 and 2 sneakily in their last 10. Blake Treenman. Uh, but he, for, however you pronounce his last name, 
He has three saves in three appearances, 3.2 innings pitched. So he has at least one, probably two four-out saves, um, in, in, what, in which case won't be a five-out save. So probably two four-out saves. But four strikeouts in those three appearances, only one hit allowed. So this guy's been pretty lights out for them. A uh, big part of it, I mean, if you have a closer that can really shut down the opposition, really helps out. The Phillies obviously been struggling that way. But, you know, good on Oakland for having that. So snaps to Blake. Yeah. Um, I didn't look up anybody, by the way, for relief pitchers. So oh, no, I, I bring that up. Yeah, it's no, all right. good. Yeah, let's, no, it's okay. Let's, by the way, quick update. Phillies, bottom of the seventh, two out. Still up 3 nothing. Runner on second, two outs. Santana's up. There we go. Wanted to point it out real quick. All right. They've also chased the starter out of the game. We are now on to their third batter. Eflin, by the way, 92 pitches. 67 for strikes. That's the number. I know we're going to get to him here in a second, but that's the number. That percentage is something that I haven't seen our starters do. Our greatest pitchers. Let's move on to the Phillies. Okay, let's do it. Let's just jump in. Continue your point. Our, Our best pitchers here, including Cole Hamels. Their strikeout numbers were always good. But when I look at the, the big year, Holiday, Lee, Hamels, and even Oswald, they pounded the strike zone and created weak weak ground ball outs or weak pop-ups. You need these guys to pound the strike zone. No. What I've seen with Arietta is an inability, because oh, we're talking about his struggles recently, is an inability to hit the lower end of the strike zone. We saw it last night. You can't hit your spot low, and you can't produce weak outs. It doesn't matter how bad your fielders are. Weak ground balls to the shortstop, even Kingery, and I'm half-joking here, will make the throw from short to first to get that out. Oh, yeah. So what I want is a guy like Eflin. He's got 6K, which is a good number to me. You don't necessarily need 15 strikeouts a game or 10 strikeouts a game. You need innings pitched. Oh, yeah. And and, and a low ERA. So four hits over seven innings. We're spraying the ball well. That's important. Let's look at let's what look at I the, like from him too. Just to quickly no, go, go, go on this point. No, nope, go ahead. He's faced twenty six batters already tonight. Twenty two of which were first pick strikes. I think that's a big part of it. It's a stat that doesn't really. It's hard to to really figure out to leverage that into. I mean, I you, we know some saber metrics, but not yeah. the deep parts of them. But I feel like that's a hard stat. Really, instead of away from face value to really leverage on the, mm-hmm. you know into a deep statistic but you know it's something when you look at it and the face value means a lot yeah. so by the way good. by the way and the Yankees not- guy went 8 for 8 for 16 yeah uh, say so mm-hmm. uh, not, not to take away Stanton's not playing I mean um, I'm sorry Judge isn't playing tonight Aaron Hicks is in the lineup he's no. 11 home runs so it's not like the, oh he he had like, a leadoff home run last yeah, night yeah it's not like the Yankees they have Gardner Stanton and Judge and the outfield like they were the National League that would be their starters most likely. No. Hicks coming in is they're not they're losing. Don't worry, he's not Aaron Judge. No, but like they're putting in a slouch. No, they're no. not. They're not putting Aaron Altair in right now, right? No, no, no. Um, but when I'm looking at the Phillies, we're looking at what we've talked about a lot already, both on the pod but also before this is the inconsistency we've seen a lot. Of these yeah, guys. it's pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, I've written a lot about it in the Nobody blogs. over 300, by the way, batting average. No one over 300. By the way, the Yankees have no one in their lineup currently over 300, but when you have Aaron Judge and Mike Stanton, you, John Collar Stanton, excuse me, Mike Stanton, wow. Hey, Whoa. I was shouting out Mike yeah. in the game. I was heckling him that Good, way, you so should have. Right. You should have. Uh, no, well, we talked about it, though. Like They have a number of guys that have good on-base percentages, uh, so that, there's at least some saving grace in that, that you have three guys with on-base percentages over 350. 
Uh, they're not at 400 yet, but you'd think their batting averages get up. They've been in slumps because they've been so inconsistent throughout the month of June uh, that they'll eventually get there. You'd think that Odubel Herrera is going to get back over 300. You'd think that Cesar Hernandez is going to float around there. Uh, Reese, you'd hope he gets above it. Uh, so we'll see where, where he gets to. Yeah. Um, what I don't, what I don't totally get, by the way, is that like, it, I know they had that streak with the Cubs and the Giants where they lost a bunch. But yeah, I, they lost one game to the Nationals. Yeah, but they 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 smoked them in in the in the in the first game of the series. I, they're three games out of first. They're still in a wild card spot. If I'm not even if they aren't, they're right there. They're not. They're not out of it by any means. So they've no. they've struggled, and yet they're not completely out of. They're now two games out of the second wild card. Uh, no, 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 no. Wait, hold on. They are a half a game behind St. Louis and the Dodgers. They're two games behind the Cubs for the first wild card. Okay. They're no. a half a game behind the yeah behind St. Louis mm-hmm. and LAD. For the second spot, mm-hmm. and I know that which that's the thing is that you have these three games in a row that you lose. This six-two blown lead to lose eight-six on Sunday night baseball that just feels like an embarrassment. Yeah. A kind of just eh, Monday night game. You lose four-two. Uh, it felt like you lost by a lot more, and then you get embarrassed last night. And this has been the funny thing, and a lot of people mentioned it. I think most notably a couple of comment- color commentators, Cruck, it's been a big one. Uh, real entertaining on the broadcast, by the way. But we, he mentioned it against the Nationals. We like to think so negatively about it. The Phillies bullpen isn't very good. The defense is completely inconsistent. All these things are very true. But they're right there in the race. All these other teams have a lot of other glaring weaknesses as well, which we they which we don't really talk about because we're not watching them every day. But they clearly do. And if the Phillies bullpen gets a little more consistent, which granted they're going to need to get a guy. If they're going to contend. Yeah. They're going to need to. Right. But if the defense gets more consistent, which they should, they're professional baseball players for fuck's sake, and if they're competing, if they're half a game out of the wild card with the third most errors in the National League, if that gets any bit better, they're right in this thing. And they're making the move to get a bullpen guy, whether it's Jake Diekman, whether it's some dudes from I don't know where, Kansas City, a young guy that you want to take a flyer on. Whatever the hell you want to do, I think you can do that. We talked about this a lot during the 12-2 game. Austin Davis, the guy they called up from the Iron Pigs, for Hector Neres before Ramos got hurt and Neres came back up. He's been great. Yeah. Even though he was a part of the – I think he had was responsible for four runs in the Nationals loss. Um, not totally to his fault. Kind of a weird game. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a very good batting lineup, but – I think they're starting to make the strides, but the inconsistencies – I wrote on the blog today. It looks like they're back to the square one they were on June 1st where they're not getting – they're not stringing together base runners. Mm-hmm. There are times they can execute a low number of them, but when they have a low number and they aren't stringing it together, or even if they have a high number, there has been times they have nine hits and scored one run because they just can't come through it. And we got worried about this. We saw at the beginning of the of, – Wednesday night's game, tonight's game. They had the bases loaded in the first inning, couldn't do anything. They come back around in the second inning, and they Reese Hoskins hits that three-run home run. So I mean, granted, you'd love to see it every single time, and it's they're not a team like the Cubs, like the Dodgers, like the Diamondbacks, who are going to slug runs. But think about it, they have more runs than the Nationals. 
They've scored 337 runs. The Nationals have scored 323. They're six runs behind the Brewers, who earlier this year we saw, the last time you and I did a live podcast, they smoked the Phillies by, by I think, double-digit runs. They did it twice. Yeah. So, I mean, they're right there. They just got to figure something out. I think the bullpen issues are A1. The defense, I'd put below it because I think it's going to figure itself out. I'm a little more optimistic. Me, that way. I am. I'm with you there, though. They're young. Yeah, they're young. It's exactly. Not like this is a they're team. young. That's the it's f- not. Yeah. It's not the 2011 Phillies where they're all right. floating around 30 and getting paid a gajillion By the dollars. Way, if Carlos Santana was making 40 errors at first base. I have a different odds. Exactly. If even if Herrera was having issues in the eye, he's not been perfect, but no. he hasn't been. It's been Kingery, and it's been it was it's Cesar been last night. Cesar, which is not normal for him, though. No, it's been Croft. It's his young guys making mistakes. No, and guess what? That's Let's their young guys. Right, exactly. Right, put him in the fire now. Yeah. If 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 Kingery starts the year next year, it has the same problem. Then we know we have an actual problem. Exactly. You're taking a guy out of his position, you're putting him across the diamond, and you're saying, play better baseball. And by the way, this is the major leagues. Like every night you're going against Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton. Yeah. Like, good luck, bro. Look yeah. what, that's what we're saying, right? Think about this, too. They've, they're about to play the Nationals in a four game series. You're going Thursday night, so yes, keep an eye out for it. Woo-woo. On the I'll be on TV. Medias. I'll be on TV. You'll be on we're TV. On, we're on that row five. We're on row five, baby. I'll be get, on TV. Can we inception it and you get on the Thunderblog social media of you on the big screen? Oh, I can give that a picture? shot. Yeah, yeah, I can try. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, try yeah, to yeah, get that. Keep an eye out for that Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. Yep. But I love it. No, but I agree with you totally. And I think if. That's why I'm so hesitant for them to make a move, especially for Machado or for even for Beltre. Like, you might be able to hold on to him and, and have his presence felt longer than just the rest of the season. But that's why I'm hesitant to try to go for go for broke now because going because there isn't like you're not going broke in 2018. You're going broke in hopefully 2024. You know what I mean? You have the, you know, yeah. probably further than that because in 2021, Mike Trout's a free agent. So he's coming here. He's going to hang out with coming, Bro- baby. I can't he's, wait. He and, he and Carson Wentz are going to be hunting after the after after Mike Trout yes. wins us a World Series yes. win. Yes. They're going to go hunting and get Carson the right mood to win another <laughs> Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be great. The 2020s, the roaring 20s of Philadelphia. I've been saying it, 2020 World Series champions. That entices Mike Trout to come over. He wins some more. It's going to be great. Yep. People thought cocky Philly was dead after the Sixers lost. It's alive and well here in Malvern, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I do think they're in a good spot. Um, yeah, I mean, just to get the consistency going. And that's the that's the great thing. They're like the Sixers. Their second half schedule is fairly – it's easier. It's not as easy as the Sixers was. I think the Sixers are the easiest in the NBA. But it's it's easier. Like, you, you have to play the Nationals. I started making this point. You're going to be 10 games through the Nationals after this weekend. You only have six more games against the Braves, and granted, it's six of your last 10 games. But you have to play the Mets, the Marlins, a bunch of times. Uh, I'm trying to think of teams they haven't played. They've played, I think, every team in the National League once. Or they haven't played the Pirates. Oh, no, they did play the Pirates, and they swept them. Um, I think they still have to play the Reds again. I mean, they're playing all these teams that are, are not that good. And I think they're going to – I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to be – it's a positive. Yeah. So. Yeah. I agree. All I happy agree. things here. No, and, I, and I, a couple of things. I want to pronounce something before, by the way. Uh, and this is an important note here on the podcast. 
today. Yeah. A guy who we loved and then hated for a little bit. Oh, yeah. This is important. Has decided to retire. And, yes. and I And I prefer to think of him with love. We're talking about Jason, Jason Worth. Worth. Yeah. So remember, this is a the guy. The Werewolf of London, as his right. walk-up music was. At his peak with the Phillies. It was Highly great. entertained two-way player. Kind of did a little bit of everything. What? Batted, a lot of times batted fifth in the lineup yep. behind Ryan Howard. So, right, we had Victorino, Rollins, Vic, Utley, Howard, Worth. Those were five guys with 20-plus home runs in a season. Yep. Um, it, him leaving the Phillies was fine. He signed a seven-year, $126 million deal. With the Nationals. Right. And you know what? We had offered him something. He had said no. Began a slow start there with the Nationals. But brought back the beard. And I'm going to tell you, I don't see, I don't, I, and even, I know he made some comments negative about the Phillies at times. He was a little bit abrasive to the fan base. Also because the fan base didn't embrace him upon his leaving for a massive contract with a rival. Oh, yeah. By the way, we didn't offer him seven years, $126 million. No. And I don't blame him for going there to take it. No. Never blame Go him. Go get paid. No, exactly, exactly. So I want to point out, this was a guy that I loved when he was here. And I, and I, and I respected when he left. And he made, he made the playoffs nine times. Four with the Nationals, but five, like five times with us. He's a great player. He's got a ring. I mean, this guy was an excellent baseball player. And really did personify when he was here in Philadelphia. Yeah. Brought a little bit of that grit, but also a little bit of that fan, like that 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 glam with him. He, this he was a hell of a ball player. Well, with think us. about this too with him. And I mentioned this point to my dad on the Altair Williams. Jason Worth was a platoon guy until about August of 2008 with Jason Michaels. Mm-hmm. Another Jason just didn't spell it J Son, J A Y S O N. That's how Jason Worth spells his name. But Jason Worth persevered. He won that job, helped win the World Series, helped him get back the next year. I remember pretty pretty vividly him like talking into the microphone and talking, I'm using loosely here, in the 2009 NLCS because he was like yelling into it because how pumped up he was, <laughs> how exciting it was. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, – we talked about at the beginning of the year of where he was, trying to figure out what he was doing because we knew he wasn't with the Nationals anymore and – and you know him retiring. It's it's a another person in the era that's going out. But I mean, we can at least. I don't know if he got brought back. The Phillies are doing that 2008 retrospective video. They should. Um, they should find a way to get him. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if he came back for it or not. He batted f- over 400 in the World Series. Yeah. Uh, he averaged 29 home runs. No. Yeah. 92 runs, 89 RBIs, and 18 stolen bases from 08 to 10. That was him when he was really a big part of this team. Yeah. By the way, big part of this team in what year? 2008 was the first season he kind of jumped on the board. Yeah, because it's, when he, it's right. when he won the job. Oops, sorry. It's a silly grudge that we have against a guy who wanted to get paid and we didn't offer him the money. Quite frankly, we probably made a mistake, even if we didn't want to, because we went we swung from a team full of really good batters and like one or two decent pitchers to a team full of elite starting pitchers and no offense. Yeah. And we didn't keep the one guy that I know, what do I know his start wasn't great. He was a fan favorite. In in Washington, to be a oh fan, they love him yeah, they love to be a him fan there. favorite because and he was a fan favorite before he left there he was a I I thought he was the guy that everybody I was bummed he left right he was the guy that everybody loved so we're talking about a guy who was a fan favorite in two locations that's and two rival locations that's not necessarily a super easy well, thing to do rival. I, but they're in our division, so I'll, I'll tell you that. Once again, this is a guy who... I will say, as much shit as I was talking about the Yankees flooding Citizens Bank Park, Philadelphia fans 
flood Nationals Park. They do. We do. It's we do a like very good job right. of taking over that place. Right. We can't do that at City Field. Mm-hmm. We do that at Nationals Park. We do. We do. I agree. I but agree. Yeah. No, it's sad. Sad for it. But you want to move on? Move on to the fan favorite sections. Yeah. Let's 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 continue our discussion. So we got stadium snacks up first. Oh wait, wait, wait! I want to put one more, one more moment here. Sure. I'm pretty sure Jason Worth has like 295. He's five home runs short of a either 200 home runs or three. No. Maybe it's 200 home runs. Oh, yeah, I think he's 195 home runs. That sucks. Uh, that does suck. E- regardless of what it is, yeah. to be that close and no. come a five short, yeah, that sucks. You put him in. Just, uh, like, the, well, the Royals like, should um, sign him so he can hit five home runs and get to the 200 mark. No. Come on. I think that's like, I think it's Mike Madonna was the guy who gets traded to the Red Wings and Mike Babcock sits him. And he's at like fourteen ninety seven games, and he sits him for the final five, so he can get the fifteen hundred games played. Like that one's at least like was it someone's control? Like, yeah, no, I, I, agree. I mean, I guess Jason Worth like he still has to be able to hit major league pitching. I'm pretty sure he was in Triple A this year, and that's probably part of why he's retiring is because yeah. it's a little too late. Yeah, but yeah, stadium snacks. We got you probably heard about this one. It is from I believe it's the. Uh, it's the Erie Seawolves. I almost said the Toledo Mud Hens, um, but it's the Erie Seawolves have what they call the Sugar Rush. Uh, it's a Smith's hot dog with a cotton candy bun topped with nerds. You guys probably saw this or have at least heard about it. Uh, it looks absolutely gross, and the hot dog looks like it's boiled instead of grilled, so it's like kind of that pale skinnish color. Uh, it looks. Like I, I'm already, I kind of want to throw up a little bit in my mouth at this. It does not look good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't like Ooh. it. I don't like um, it. Yeah, not a not a good one to pick. I was at the I went to the first two Yankee games. Um, I on Monday was in a box with my dad. Nice. His buddy's uh like his his buddy's law office's box. Uh, had they had hot dogs up there. I didn't have one. They had really good chicken fingers. Never really gotten chicken fingers from Citizens Bank Park because I normally go for a dog or for you know the sausage or the the kielbasa over at Bulls Barbecue, uh, but it was good. I mean the chicken fingers were pretty good. Kind of a weird stadium snack, but you know, they were pretty good there. They had a little bit of a couturement with a nice little spread of different cured meats and and cheese and you know, breads and all that stuff. So a little bit of that. So you know, a little bit of the fancier side of the ballpark, man. Gotcha. Yeah. I like it. I like it. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I would like to add a new fan favorite. Oh, because I don't. I, like I said, we don't talk about this person enough in baseball. Yeah, it's it's the it's the Mike Trout stat of the week. So once a week, I'd like to give oh. you a crazy Mike Trout stat. Okay, this is what makes you want to forget about him on every podcast we do. Because yeah. if we if we talk about it, we I know we brought instead of the Otani tracker, exactly. We have the tracker. Because I so the Mike Trout stat of the week since he was called to the majors in two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Mike Strout has never had two straight games where he has not been on base. Ever. Oh my he god. He has never not, that is Oh my god. That, well, I, mean, that I could, didn't know that. That could be a walk, that could be a hit batter, that could, I don't care what it is. It, he has never it's had an bat- error. On with an error, does that count? Can, yes. So he has So never errors lasted longer than it, than it really did. There you go. So he <laughs> has never had a game where he in two straight games where he has not been on base. Sure. I'm gonna leave you that. I got more of them. I can go all night with Mike Trout stats. No, we'll save these for other weeks. But there you go. Oh I want to add that on as a new 
statistic. I like that. And a new, a new fan favorite. And instead of making it a bleacher creature, before we move on to there, we have to yes. add. We have to include Jerry, his uh, yep. his addition when he was on the podcast for one episode. The he had a longer name for it, but Joe Boo from uh, Major League, the Joe Boo shot of the week. Uh, Mike Trout, or not Mike Trout. Uh, I was thinking Mike Stanton, John Carlos Stanton. Do you see this, Matt? Yesterday in batting practice, you didn't see this. No, Mike. Giancarlo Stanton hit a ball in batting practice, Matt, to the right of the scoreboard next to the upper bar at Harry the K's. For those that don't know the layout of Citizens Bank Park, go look at my recap from Tuesday night's game. It is the second deck, basically, in left field. This guy hit the top of the stairs of it, Matt. I'm pulling the picture up now to show you. It is ub. Absurd how far he hit that thing. So that is, for our man Jerry, the Joe Boo shot of the week. Matt, look at this picture. You Bad radio. No, here. you can't put a ball. What? He put a ball there. No. Yeah. That's what I mean. There's a dude that caught it. He was just like walking there with his beer and some, <laughs> some French fries. And boom, there's a baseball. Oh, I got everything I need for tonight. All the souvenirs I need. The game hasn't even started yet. The Yankees take batting practice, I think, at 5 o'clock. Guy showed up that early, got a fucking foul ball or a batting practice ball. Um, so yeah, Joe Boo shot of the week. Uh, but stadium uh, uh, bleacher creatures. I'm getting all messed up here. I have two that I wanted to talk about. Matt. One it was sent in by a listener, the lovely third and girl. Uh, it was Ichiro, who is now you know in a special bench consultant, basically with the uh, mm-hmm. the Mariners. He did his best Bobby Valentine impression. Do you know this? Bobby Valentine, maybe 15 years ago, got ejected from a game. Probably longer than that. And he tried to sneak back out with a fake mustache and sunglasses oh, on. fantastic, yes. Ichiro did this. Really? Yeah. Oh, I spoke my arm at the yeah. sand. Go, 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 go. Yeah, he did this uh, like almost a week ago now. But yeah, he comes out. But instead of the, the just the mustache, he has a hoodie. He has all this stuff to just try to hide the best. But it's Ichiro. Everybody knows Ichiro. Mm. He's, a national, or he's a Seattle hero. But it's great. Yeah, he's the hoodie up. It's all, all hilarious. He's yep. a Japanese national treasure. Nash- yeah, Jap- Japanese national Jap- treasure. Japanese he's national Japanese, treasure. right? He's Japanese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be, okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the other one I have is from Sunday Sunday afternoon. San Diego Padres team bus didn't show up when they were going to uh, their game in San Francisco. So one of the city, the city tour double-decker buses came and picked them up. They all rode on the second deck, driving through downtown San Francisco to get to AT&P Park. Yeah. It's not the reaction I was hoping for me. I think it's pretty hilarious. Wait, wait. Say that last part again? They rode again. to the stadium from their hotel. In, they're at San Diego. Okay. They're riding in San Francisco on the top, like the open top part of a double-decker bus. I missed the double-decker comment. Oh, yeah. You just thought, they, were, they, just, you just thought they took a school bus? Why did they take a bus? <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah. So... <laughs> like, Are they taking like, pictures like tourists? Yeah. I don't understand. I have to know. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Here's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hey. Right, of course. Yeah. Here's the, here's probably the worst part. Yeah. No one probably knew they were a baseball team. I, yeah, that's that's <laughs> probably the funniest part. I mean, this was like the, the Warriors or the Cavs, or this was oh, yeah. like the, the Well, Eagles. basketball's a little different because those are all like... Six five plus dudes. Well, right, right. Like they're all pretty but they're big also guys. More, like if you get well, that's a comment on just baseball versus basketball right. and how they market their players. Which, right. But we've talked about this many times before. Market the shit out of, unfortunately Harper, but Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Mookie, 
you know, a number of these guys, maybe not the pitchers because they're psychos and might choke out somebody if they get mm-hmm. a cameraman too close. Looking yeah. at you, Chris Sale, but, uh, you know, I think uh, baseball needs to do something like that. I yeah. mean, the NFL, to a degree, needs to do it a little more. They do an interesting job of it because they, they show their faces, but they're not really personalities outside of the game. Yeah. Uh, but they do a good job of, like, sh- the showing their is, swag. The shame of it is that they sh- – here's the shame. They, they show their faces. Yeah. What I mean by that is hockey and football, you can't oh, yeah, see do their face. Yeah. But you also can't see their face while they play. MLB and N- NBA, you see their faces, so you should be able to use it. Oh, yeah. Use it. Right. <laughs> so, but just thought. Just a thought. But um, I do have a bleacher creature. It's like similar to like your line, uh, but it's a player here. Okay. What, I want to highlight another guy. Then I'm going to bring up the name Edwin Jackson. I know Edwin Jackson. He is playing now for his record 13th. He's tying with the record for 13th Major League team. He is tying Can you often? Octavio Dotel. Oh, the pitcher. Yes. Yeah. Who five years ago since he last pitched. And some would say he may not have pitched his last game. So Edwin Jackson, 13th team. He has played for one team in every division in baseball, which is a wild fact. That's pretty cool. Yep. He has a no-hitter. By the way, this is a guy who was underrated a couple years in free agency. He has a no-hitter against yeah. the Diamondbacks. With the Diamondbacks, he threw 149 pitches and eight walks. But here's the crazier statistic. He has given up home runs to two players. To Gary Sheffield, who had, in 1993 was third in ML, uh, NL MVP voting and was what made his first of, of nine All-Star games. He also gave up a home run to Reese Hoskins, who was born in 1993. It, look, that is a hell of a career for a guy. That's who absurd. Ha- who the bleachers have seen in, in 13 different teams. The, the fact that he's played one team in every div- at least one That's team absurd. in every division. Isn't that wild? I oh didn't know that. God. He was with the Cardinals. There was a year that he was a free agent. It was probably five, six years ago. And people were like, you need to sign this guy. He's a hell of a ball player. Like, he's a good pitcher, and nobody did, and the Cardinals signed me had a good year. That's a wild statistic. 13 tying record. My hope, give him 14. Phillies, sign Edwin Jackson, let him pitch one game, and yeah. gets into 14. Okay, put him How many did Kenny Lofton play for? He played for a lot of teams. Not 13, clearly. Yeah. Kenny Lofton, Kenny Lofton, another, he was with the Phillies for a bit. Yeah. yeah. Juan I, Pierre, I, just, I don't think he got up nearly to toward I just think that's digits. a wild, yeah. that wild statistic. I didn't even know someone could do that. A crazy Okay, Kenny Lofton says. played for the Astros, One. the Indians, three different times, by the way. The Braves, the White Sox, the Giants, the Pirates, the Cubs, the Yankees, the Phillies, the Dodgers, the Rangers. That's 11, 11. times. Oh, damn 11 it. times. Let's look up my boy Edwin Jackson here. Didn't Edwin Jackson share a name with, was that him? Who had the same name as somebody else? The only other Jackson I can think of is like kind of like that. There's Austin Jackson. He's still in the league somewhere. Uh, maybe it's um, a, no, that's a, that's absurd. Okay. Edwin's played with the Dodgers, the Oakland A's. Okay. That's who he's starting for now. That gets him to 13. The Tampa Bay Rays, the Tigers, the Diamondbacks, the White Sox, the Cardinals, the Nationals, the Cubs, the Braves... The Marlins, the Padres, and the Orioles. So he played for, wait a second, he played for the Nationals, the Braves, and the Marlins. So he missed out. He has, but here's the weird thing, he never played for a New York team. That's absurd. Isn't that weird? That's like that's a really statistic. crazy. Anyway, did he play for, oh, he played for the Dodgers, never mind. Okay. Anyway, that's, he was, and he was, this is a guy who was an all-star in 2019 and it has no hitter. So not that bad, by the way, that this is a guy who has been around, he's 34, who's been around forever. You know where he's from? Where? West Germany. 
The fact that it says West German. I've got fun facts. That's like hockey players. That's where play- he was born. That's like hockey players that, like, you can see when it was, they were born in the USSR versus they were born in Russia. Yep. Yeah. His longest stay, he spent three years with the Dodgers, three years with the Rays, and then three years with the Cubs. Okay. And it was all one year stays after that. Yeah. So, pretty, I mean, that's a pretty, to me, that's a crazy, he got a World Series ring in, in, in 2011 with the White Sox. Pretty wild career for a guy. You mean with the Cardinals? The Cardinals won it. Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah. He got traded. He got traded from the White Sox to the Cardinals in 2011. That's right. why I got that screwed up. I looked at the That's why I remember him. Yeah, no, no, no. Him yeah. against the Phillies. By the way, by the way, ERA, uh, career ERA, 4.66, 98 120, yeah. win loss. So I'm not saying he's an elite player, but he's had some elite seasons. I just am pretty impressive to me. This is a guy that's, that's pitched for that long in the league. Um, but I know his name too. Yeah. Like I would have never have known Octavio Dotel. I would never. I, I'm not. A I remember him. I remember yeah. from from fantasy. Yeah, maybe for a I, moment. I had yeah, him. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Um, but wild. wild. There's my bleacher creature for you. Thought I'd give you an interesting statistic. So we're gonna add a new one. That's the Mike Trout. And we're also I got a bleach creature that's a little off the beaten path there for you too. Oh yeah, that's nice. No, I like the additions. I like the additions. Um, let's wrap up with uh, just looking ahead schedule. Yep. So this weekend we got obviously all teams in action. Some good series out there. There's one easy one to pick. I'm gonna go a little off the beaten path with mine to keep an eye out for, and that's gonna be Atlanta at St. Louis. I think it's pretty important. Atlanta obviously leading the division. St. Louis on the up and up within their division and within the wild card race. Uh, so I think that's pretty important. It's gonna be a, a, a pretty yeah. important series. You have Julio Teheran. Versus Miles Mikolas on Friday night. So keep an eye out for that. And I think uh, the, the game is over. The Phillies won. Yeah. Uh, Matt's going to check the score. Strike, it was, out, strike out to end the game. That was straight Anthony yep. Dominguez. It was yep. big, big, big time there. Uh, but, yeah, that's one that I would look out for this mm-hmm. uh, over this weekend. Matt, yeah. is there one that you're looking I at? I got two. Well, first of all, the next one starts tomorrow night. Yep. That's the Phillies Nationals. And here's yep. why. It's big. If, if, if you want to create a little breathing room, if you're one of those two teams... You sweep that series, you go three and one, and you've pushed their team down the standings. But the other series that you have to bring up is Red Sox Yankees. Yep, oh, yeah. that's the layup one. <laughs> it's a layup one, I know, but it's a great one. <laughs> I didn't um, mean to put you down there. No, no it's fine. Before. I get it. I get it. I get it. No, but like I said, that that's a huge series. So that should get people fired. If you want to watch some good baseball this weekend, that would be a series to go ahead and tune into. Uh, I do. I did like your 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 pick down there. I think that that's a critical series. Kind of a one that maybe no one's talking about enough. Indians athletics. Oh, that's a really good point. Because the athletics, if you if you are the athletics, you want to keep pace in your division. You go out and beat a team that's been really strong. Yep. So let's see what happens there. So uh, interesting one as well. Yep. yep. No, mm-hmm. I like that. And then just kind of looking Fourth of July week. Uh, surprisingly, a number of good matchups starting on the second, but obviously the third and then the big day, the fourth. You have a number of good ones. Uh, a lot of. Basically, you get some, some teams just flip-flopping within it. You get the – and I'm going to pick it because I've done this game before. You get the Red Sox going down to Washington. And the Red Sox and the Nationals, they play an 11 a.m. game on the 4th of July. It's the first baseball game of the day. It's a ton of fun to go to. If you're in the D.C. area, highly recommend it. Yep. Uh, it looks like there's a lot of tickets left for 40 bucks, but it's fun. George Washington usually wins the president's race, so – no real spoiler alert because, you know, he started the country. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, I'm a big proponent of interleague play, and I, I think both of those teams are 
in interesting spots. Obviously, the Red Sox trading blows with the Yankees. The Washington Nationals looking to keep pace in their division. So that that's one that I like. It, it also, just from having friends that live down there and doing that game on the 4th, that's a lot of fun. It's a good way, too, if you're spending the rest of the day in the D.C. area before the fireworks over the uh, you know, the National Mall and all that good stuff. It's a good way to start your day downtown in yeah. D.C. Yeah. Oh, hey, it's a good one to bring up. I want to. I, I think we also need to do one quick shout-out to another baseball game that's occurring tonight. That's a good Top point. Top of the 7th. Oh, what's the score? College World Series fifth, game 2. 5th for the win. Oh. If they do it. Right, it's, two, it's a three-game series. It's a three-game series. Fifth-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks are leading the third-ranked Oregon State Beavers 3-2 to two in the top of the second. Good for Arkansas. Now, the Beavers were down early. They did hit a two-run home run to tie it. But since then, Arkansas has, has added added two runs. So, Could you um, imagine if – and, I, and no. not to take anything away from the College World Series, but just a quick question. Could you imagine if March Madness was in the same – Style that the college basketball or the college baseball tournament was. If you potted eight teams together, you had them do a double elimination tournament Thursday through Sunday, and then a three game series Monday. Just <laughs> like you have to figure out how you're not having them play multiple games a day because the NCAA, like people will be suing the NCAA well, they, left they and can't right. Do it. I mean, that's probably the bigger problem. Yeah. It wouldn't be safe for the basketball players because it's different sports. But basically, like yeah, I guess so. Baseball, they play, I guess it's baseball, but they play two games a day. Yeah. But it'd be nuts if they had a double elimination no, tournament. I would agree. That'd be you'd probably have too. less. You'd have, like the upsets would mean a lot less, and it would diminish that aspect of March Madness. But yeah. like, be an interesting concept. I'm with you there. Yeah. Kind of fun. Yeah. Kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, but that's how they do it. For those that don't know, they do double elimination tournaments in series of eight and or two four team double elimination tournaments, and the winners of them play three game series. Then they wash rinse repeat in the College World Series. Um, in that point, if you really need to look it up more, Google it because it's way too complicated to actually explain in full detail and rather boring, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, no, that's a good good point of something to keep an eye out for. It's weird of how really like only college basketball and college football are the only two that really we pay a ton of attention to because so much talent. Granted, with baseball and hockey, because they come right out of the, the yeah, there's yeah. it's split of where they actually come from of the pros. But it, it's interesting. Like the other ones, the other big ones, like lacrosse. College lacrosse is a lot of fun to watch. It's a lot like watching a hockey game. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, the other I mean it's a big Northeast yeah. sport. And the weird part is, even if basketball went back to bring people right out of high school, you'd still have the elite level talent in college. Well, because it would go back to what it was when we were kids. And even yeah. like, pr- like when we were like in middle school, where like you have the four year players, you, you can have the new I hate Christian Leitner people. Uh, and all that sort of stuff. Which right. Is interesting. And you get rid of the kind of this current like climate of guys that come right through. Boom, yeah. boom, in and out. Right. Although, yeah, and it would make yeah, yeah. But then, then again, I mean, if you look this year, the well, the only the first pure. Grayson Allen might be the last. I the, hate this guy yeah, who he plays. He was the per, first, first pure senior taken in the draft this year. Yeah. It? Was he really? Holy shit. Um, remember, guys like Mikael Bridges were forty-year players at Nova, but they were three. They only registered in year one. Yeah. They were, so there were there were some juniors taken early, but the majority were were yeah, freshmen, one and done guys as normal, right? As you'd expect, guys that didn't even play, guys yeah. that were suspended for the whole year. The guy from uh, the Anthony Melton from USC was suspended for the entire year. Got drafted in the first round. Yeah. His suspension really was his fault, but he was it was improper benefits yeah. that turns out wasn't even his doing, but it happened. So, yeah. 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 Do you think they could do either what baseball does? You can get drafted right out of high school, and you can choose to either play 
or forego it and go to college and the pro team gets a compensatory pick. Or they do what hockey does and you draft them, you get their rights, and they can leave college whenever. Do you think that would fix the one and done? I never actually had that brought up to me. Yeah. My big push was what 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 Coach Steve Kerr wanted to do was hey if, they, if kid doesn't get drafted you can go back. No, yeah, I like that I like a lot. That the whole hiring an agent thing so you're ineligible to go back yeah. is bullshit. They shouldn't even have to hire an agent. Though. Yeah, like 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 that's the don't, like say look you don't hire no no agents are hired before the draft. I understand that why they want agents to be hired, but they I also think agents swindle kids into being drafted. Oh yeah, but but beyond let me walk back for your comment because that was interesting. Should they be able to be drafted and either do it like they can forgo it and give up the pick? Like the guy for uh, Kyler Murray got drafted by the Athletics. Yeah. If he decides to play football, they get a Because remember, that almost happened game. with. Yeah, with Kyler Murray's a big one. But that almost happened to Steven Strasburg, who stayed in baseball, but he didn't want to play for the Nationals. He was like, I'll just stay at San Diego State another year. Yeah. And the Nationals would have if they, they literally came to the final hour before the deadline to sign yeah. him. But if they hadn't, they would have gotten right. a compensatory first round pick. My only concern with the my only concern with the other option of hey, let them sign and play and leave when they want is that is that you, you, how much access would the pro teams have to the person they draft? So what I mean by that is hey, hey, look, I know that you're playing for Coach K at Duke, but we really want to see you do this in the basketball court. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're hurting the coaching ability, and it's different than hockey because. The game is different, right? Like, like you, uh, you play defense in hockey. You play defense. Yeah. If you play if you're a winger, you play winger. Yeah. But if you're if you're a six five, if you're a six seven shooting a small forward in Duke, like like I'm thinking of what what um, Wendell Carter Jr. say. So look, we didn't get to show our full talents at Duke. We took one for the team kind of comment, which I was like, well, yeah, that's what you do. You win. It's like the problem with Carmelo Anthony in basketball is that he 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 can score. You know, he wants to shoot it 40 times a game. You can get, you know, but anyway, my digress. My point is, I like that idea a little bit. You just have to figure out parameters to how much access pro Yeah, there, there's obviously going to be some right. some level but, but, of, of yeah, how it works. Because Marvin Bagley Jr. was a power forward slash center at Duke. He's projected to be a small forward in the NBA. Totally different position. He's going to be asked to do totally different things than he did in college to an extent. So that's my only concern with this idea of hey, where did they fit? So I mean, we'll see what happens, but um, I like that. that, that I, I would like them to figure out a way to do something along those lines. That'd yeah, because I think it's either that or you bolster up the G League and let them say if you don't want to go to college, great, go Play here. Here in the G League. Yeah, or like do something like like an equivalent of that. like yeah of like but what juniors are in, for hockey of like go play in. Whatever the level below the G League, because like I guess because like the Delaware Blue Coats are owned by the Sixers, so like if a team was like, say there's some dude that goes to Great Valley, like Mikael Bridges did, yeah. and he's like, no, I don't want to go to Villanova, I want to go play for the Blue Coats. They can go sign him, and I guess the Sixers would have the first. You have to have some sort of reverse waivers of if some if an NBA team wanted him, there have to be some sort of waiver wire to be able to pick him up, and he has to declare it. I guess is the only issue. Or he just can't go up to an NBA roster and then has to declare for the draft. It's something. There's some nuance to it yeah. that, that would need I mean, to be figured yeah, out. Cause, uh, you have to, yeah, I get to look into that one a little bit. But I mean, I like it's all. They're all good ideas. I mean, they're all things that would be interesting to yeah. me to do something because the weird thing is here. I don't think it's broken. I just don't think it's perfect. No, it's not. Like I don't mind the current system because I do, and, and I'm not. I'm not a pay. I don't think we should pay college athletes. 
Now, I think we should pay for their medical expenses. I think we should pay for certain things for them. But that being said, you know, you should be paying college. The problem with the difference is with the NFL, they go for three years. Sure. For the NBA, it's only a year. They're, at least in the NFL, they're getting a college experience to an extent. They have the opportunity to be have to get a degree or at least work up to a degree, to a degree where you can be a guy that's a veteran who's like, look, five years in the league, ten years in the league, I want to get my college degree, but I've already got three years worth of credits. So with one, one year, I get the degree that I've always wanted. I've made yeah. you know, that, that problem with the NBA. They go for one year. They don't care. So oh, that's yeah. – that's, I'd rather – That's why I think they should do like a G League type of option – or something like that. Like the guys yeah. like who want to go get a college degree, do it, but you're not also stopping yeah. them from... And yet I'd almost rather pay the football players because spending three years has much more injury potential than one year. Yeah. Like Michael Porter Jr. got hurt and probably it cost him arguably... Four, was he was the 14th pick? Yeah, 14th pick. Arguably cost him 14 picks worth of... Because of injury, he might have been picked one overall at, yeah. at, a, at a high school. But he only got 15th. Guys blow their knees out and in, in, as a freshman in college or sophomore, and they never play football again. Yeah. So I have a concern about that. I, there's no right answer here. I, there I isn't. One, but what I would say is, this: I don't, I don't believe the system is necessarily broken enough where doing a change would be a good thing. Yeah. Without vetting it properly, I don't know what the. I don't necessarily have to. Think That's about the more, issue. Is that, right. is that these are like actual people's lives. You can't just do trial and error. To right, figure exactly. it out. You can't yeah. guess and check. But. Right. It's like, hey, look, personally, I, I wish that the NCAA would reach out to uh, Leangelo Ball, the yep. middle child, and say, hey, buddy, your dad, your dad's Did you see he went like 4 for 14 on his like, highlight tape? Right. And it's like bad misses. Yeah. So <laughs> your dad your dad screwed up, screwed you up. Yeah. Yeah, you got paid to play in Lithuania or whatever. Yeah. Or Lafayette, whatever it was. We whatever don't care. it is. NCAA, come play for UCLA again or come no. play for college. Like, let, like that's the problem I have with the NCAA is take, an ex, take a situation like, like Leangelo Ball, a kid who clearly didn't get good advice. No. Clearly should be playing college basketball somewhere. Though. He's going to have to play college basketball somewhere and get a degree. And bring and if he wants to do it, say, come play basketball. Well, that's the, the amateurism. Their definition of amateurism is what the stupid thing is. Like the dude, the soccer player right. at Kansas that, that – mm-hmm. Like lost eligibility because he won a he shot the half court shot and won ten grand. I think he had to give it back, otherwise he like wouldn't be allowed to play soccer anymore. Like it was something stupid like that. This is like five years ago. Yeah, but it was dumb. Um, It's it's all a weird thing. My only the one thing it's not even having to do with paying them or not. It's it's the fact that teams can advertise like come see Matt DiStefano. And they can't put DiStefano on the jersey that they're selling, whether it's football jersey, basketball jersey, baseball jersey, whatever. But they can say, come buy your Matt DiStefano jerseys. And it's number 21. It's the number Matt likes to wear, for those that don't know. And it says, buy your Matt DiStefano jerseys. They can market that. You get nothing out of it. Players' jersey sales is a big part of how endorsements work for pro players. You can't get an endorsement in college. You have to wear whatever the hell the team-issued stuff is for your college. If you're an Adidas school, you got to wear Adidas. You can't wear anything else. You've got to wear whatever the hell you were dealt. Or get, I think, I don't even think you can get something approved. Yeah. So that's the only issue I have is that aspect of it because that's such a big way. That's part of kind of come back to Kawhi. That's a big reason why he thinks, you know, the pop system didn't work for him. Or at least he's been told that, that he can't go get out. Because he was a part of the system, he's not marketable enough to go get a shoe deal. And at least that's one I've heard. Is that he? Th- he's right. been told that to me is bad advice. Exactly, it's bad advice. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
But Tim Duncan was in the pop system his whole career. Yep. And it, and yes, his star may not be as marketable as LeBron's or Michael's or he also has five rings. Kobe though. got five rings, and he's he's renowned within the basketball community as arguably one of the top five big men and centers because he's a center. I don't know what he says. Oh, yeah. And by the way, the center position oh, is yeah. loaded because everyone said, "Hey, who's the greatest of all time?" Not including centers. You ever heard that com- uh, conversation? Because if you include centers, you bring up guys like Wilt, guys like um, Jack. Joe Russell, Shaq. Right. But anyway, my point being is. Yeah, but Kawhi, are you going to be like, like, is the Greek freak, like, is Dwayne Wade more famous than, than in 40, in 20 years, people are going to remember Dwayne Wade or Tim Duncan more? You'd argue that it might be Tim Duncan. I'm just, I'm, I'm throwing a name That's there. That's a good question. Yeah. Dwayne Wade has, has rings, don't get me wrong. But my point is, like, you can be a, a, a superstar for a few years in the NBA. No. And, 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 and in, a, in an organization that isn't, isn't like, I, I don't know, I just, it's, I, I disagree with Kawhi. I think he's stupid for leaving San Antonio. Oh yeah, and pushing himself to a team, which is why San Antonio is like Lakers. Don't don't offer us a deal. We're not taking it. No. For the it's it's out of principle essentially. They're like, look, no, we're we're not we're not doing it because then every player in the NBA could be like, oh, well, I want to go play for this team too. So trade me there or don't trade me at all, and I'll walk in free agency. That's no. a terrible look for the NBA and the NBA teams. Oh, it absolutely is right. Yeah, I mean, we'll well with Kawhi, we'll see how everything goes. Two days could happen tonight, could happen tomorrow, could happen Friday. I up. I'm scared to see. It. I I don't want the Sixers to go go for broke to get this guy. Unless they unless they sign him long term. Unless they get him long term. I don't think they're going to get him long term. I don't think they're going to long term. Yeah, you think he's going to be hurt? I don't like it. But I think before we dive into that, because that could be another two hours. Yeah, we probably shouldn't dive into that. Not in a baseball. We we went off. By the way, we are now on an NBA topic. I don't know well, when. We always I, do this. I, but, I, but I miss when it happened because I, it was a beautiful transition is what I'm saying. We always All do this. All of a sudden this. we started talking about the NBA and I was like, wait a second. Yeah. You and I do this. Greg and I do this. We didn't do it with Jared, but I don't know what he'd do. Jared, I, I he can't talk about NASCAR He, he wouldn't know anything about the NBA because he he's a three-sport t- three city. Oh, little shots at Pittsburgh. Well, typical. Not little shots. It's a big shot. They don't have an NBA team. But I think it already been official. They basically don't even have a baseball team at this point. I think they're basically a triple-A yeah, team. Yeah, triple-A team, exactly. And their hockey team has almost moved to Kansas City right, twice. Right, and they can't really pay their own running back. But anyway, I digress. I digress. Steelers That's are actually a really... Steelers are going to be a really good team. They're going to be a really good team. But it's now a million percent official. The Flyers and Penguins stadium series game. Hell yeah. I... I don't think it's official that either of us are going, but I'm going to at least try to buy tickets. I mean, I'm going to feel like I'm probably going to end up finding my way there somehow. Yeah, this is exactly. Thunderblock Thunder Sports. Okay. Thunderblock Sports. Yeah, well, somebody will be there. You're going, to, you're going to get it. Get the access on our social media accounts. If you don't know them, ThunderBLG, Thunderblock Sports, ThunderBLG on Twitter, Thunderblock Sports on Instagram. Again, Matt's going to be at the Phillies game tomorrow, so watch him there. Matt, thank you so much for hosting me. Thank no you for problem. the Oberon. We didn't do a beer corner. We didn't. We've done Oberon before, though. So yeah, we've done know, it before. They no, know about absolutely. the Oberon. Right, right, right. Comstock, Michigan. We have to go there sometime. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for us. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. But for my man, Matty D, Matt Stefano, I am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Have a good night, everybody. Have a great weekend. I'm not sure if we'll see you before or after the 4th of July, but if we don't see you before, have a great 4th of July. Happy birthday, America! Happy birthday, America! Go Phillies. Win the World Cup. Oh, wait. No, never mind. Oh.